<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And today I have a special shout-out to the Slumber Party Massacre Podcast. And now if you could slip into your PJs and get a hold of your vomit bags, here's the ghouls of my screams. <laughs> Lacey. And, like, the fucking teacher's such a cuck. Rebecca. I know it's more of my poo-poo. And Carly. Bully that keeps calling her fire crotch. But be careful what you ask for, kitties. You may get it. You are cordially invited to attend episode 32 of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. I am Lacey Lou drinking some witch brew this morning. Um, literally, even though I barely ever drink coffee, but I do when I podcast on this show. With me as always, well, not with me as always, because we're down a couple people, but that's okay. We have the wonderful Rebecca Reinhardt. I just drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> not witch's brew? No, it's just coffee. How do you drink your coffee, Rebecca? I drink my coffee black. Uh, whenever I, I whenever I was young, like my mom and my grandma are the only people in my family that ever drink coffee. They both drink it black and I started drinking it. I didn't even know that there was anything different. And like, you know, people like will get a big latte and be like, oh, I have a coffee. No, you have a latte. Like <laughs> that ain't no coffee, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like it dark and bitter, just like my humor. Do you think that, like, the way people drink their coffee says, like, a lot about them? I think so. Like, I mean, I don't know what it says, but I do think it says something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also with us today, rounding out this uh, skeleton crew of an episode, we have the one and only Carly. Hello. So, uh, yeah, coffee. Um, <laughs> I, I, I drink iced coffee, and I like it with sugar and creamer, and I like it to basically taste like taste like the creamer and no coffee. So I'm completely opposite. <laughs> I wish um, I, I like I wish I could expand because I feel like coffee does make me feel better, but it's like I only really like the iced coffee. Like I, it's got to be like very specific, and I do kind of wish I could just drink like you know regular hot coffee and be happy, but. You know, I can't. Yeah, I've never been a coffee person. Um, but if I do, I just drink those ones that you can buy from the store, like the vanilla Starbucks ones. Yeah. Like, like the little them. Frappuccinos. Yeah, yeah, that's like the only kind that I'll drink. Um, and then, like, I only drink them if I'm, like, really tired for this episode because we record super early. Or if I'm on a drive. Like, if I have a long drive. Mm -hmm. Those are, like, the only times I will drink coffee. So... 
Uh, because like caffeine like makes my heart palpitate. So. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of like caffeine and anxiety issues. Sounds like so. Yeah, yeah like it it just like triggers it. So like I mean I if I if I take an anxiety pill I can have one, but um I don't know. Like I try not. I try to limit my caffeine intake as much as possible, even though I fucking love it. Like I love Dr Pepper. Like that is my yeah. Choice. yeah that's my favorite. Uh, it's tasted differently like over the years but like I remember like being a kid and I would like my mom would get like a two liter of Dr. Pepper for me and that thing would be like gone I would drink it by the fucking two liter nice we always had unhealth we always had so much pop in my house growing up because my mom's like addicted to coca-cola that's like her coffee basically so we always had the sugary sugary beverages i'm trying to like go to zero sugar items and stuff but it's not really that's even like worse for you really yeah look it up okay. yeah it, it yeah and it really oh, like soda, it. i mean soda in general is just it's bad you know i mean i think we all know soda is just like well, yeah not, it's not good for you and whatever so it's like at least if you do the zero sugar you know you are saving the calories I guess but yeah, yeah. it's all kind of gross I don't know we always had we always had soda and I'm old so we would get like I don't know if this this was probably not even around by the time you guys got to be like of I don't know of going to the grocery store with mom age but like we used to have these aisles of glass bottles they were in these like cardboard like eight pack carriers and they were I think like a liter bottle or something and they were glass bottles and you can mix and match and so we always had like several of those um but like once I think the first one might have been tab um whatever the first like zero sugar diet drink is what they used to call it you know um, as soon as that came out, like, that's what I liked whenever I was little. Like, I, I'm not a sugar drinker. I guess I'm just a bitter person, huh? Yeah. <laughs> in general, I'm like, I don't like sugar in my drinks. And I don't yeah. like Halloween. Man, I, don't like, I don't like joy and Halloween. And <laughs> <laughs> well, it is October, you guys. Um, I know Rebecca, like, lows this month. But um, have you done anything fun? Well, I'm okay. Yes, I I don't loathe the month so much as again I've I've told the story a million times on the show. I just hate it how there are so many posers who come out of the woodwork and cheapen what we love all year by acting like they love it this month and then treating us like freaks the rest of the year. Um, if you'd never heard my story, that's why I don't like Halloween. It's not really Halloween that I have a problem with. Um. Tonight, well, uh, Carly and I kind of talked about this off air, uh, that we both had this issue of like, we don't want to do things that are fun because it's like, it makes us miserable when we're done with them. Um, and like, I avoided, to a certain extent, I avoided Cinema Wasteland, which I apologize, Carly, I should have been there with you. But like, I kind of avoided that because it's like, I feel like it, it's a big letdown. Like at the end of the weekend, you know, you've lived like a, like a, I mean, essentially, like, we go to those things, and we're, like, rock stars, you know? Mm. We, like, we go to Cinema Wasteland, and, like, we're in the movies, and we're, you know, we're cool and whatever, and then you come home, and it's like, oh, great, now I get to go back to work tomorrow. So I'm trying to get out of that mindset, mm. um, 
And and Carly, you'll be proud of me. I think I told you. Uh, I want to go to the drive-in tonight because they're playing Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, 35-millimeter print. The director's there. You know, it's mm. a Dust Till Dawn thing or whatever. And I really wanted to go because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, and I love it when they do because they still have – they've got the digital projector. But that's like whatever. They still kept one of their old projectors, and they'll play older movies like 35 and 16-millimeter prints, which is super cool. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's something you just can't do all the time. And um, and so I'm like, I want to go to the drive-in, and I know I'm going to come up with a 1,000 excuses. Now – even as of today, whenever my uh, I look at the thermostat and it's like 66 in my house, you know, and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to the drive in tonight. Well, I told Rob that I wanted to go to the drive in a couple weeks ago. Like and I told Carly I did this on purpose. So I am bound to go. He's like, ah, oh, now we're just going to bring blankets. Now, we're you guys, do you guys sit outside on chairs or do you like sit? In the back. No, we sit we sit on chairs because we have a whole like crew of people. Like oh. this is this is like our drive-in. So like all of our yeah. friends, you know, we have this whole crew of people who will sit in the front and we all sit in chairs and like somebody brings like a big like Bluetooth stereo so we can have, you know, the sound going and and whatever. It's a big like experience. It's not just go and watch the movie in your car. That I actually would probably be more inclined to do, but it is like a party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, I've got like all my friends are going to be there and it's like, come on, bitch, just go do something fun and freeze your butt off. Who cares? Just get really drunk. Yeah. Then it won't matter because we can camp there because, you know, and I'm going camping next weekend like an idiot. No, uh, one of my friends. So Alice Winkler, who is, um, one of the leads in, the embalmer. She's a, an indie actress as well. She's getting married next weekend. Uh, she's getting married on Friday the 13th at this um, like pagan campground. And like we're going to camp out and it's going to be like an all night thing. And so there you go. Uh, is that why you're not going to Halloween Palooza? Yeah, well, I I haven't been to Halloween Palooza since the first time I went. They never invited me back because I was a guest the first time I was there. But um yeah, I don't know. I had I had the time of my life there. I don't think I want to go back because I can't recreate. Like, I actually, I was like, I can't believe I had, like, one of the best weekends of my life in Iowa. <laughs> of all things. <laughs> we're, we're, we are going. We got a hotel for two nights. Um, I got press passes to cover for the podcast. Nice. So. nice. Um, yeah, so me and Dan are bringing yeah, a little it's a, movie. It's uh, fun. And, like, those guys are awesome. Those from the prescribed films group, those dudes are they're super cool. And how cool is it that I'll be hanging out with Friday the thirteenth alums on Friday the thirteenth? Nice. Right, nice. So So who who is gonna be there from Friday? Um Tom Matthews, uh Judy Aronson, Lar Park Lincoln, uh Jennifer Banco. Oh nice. And then some guy from uh Shaun of the Dead. Um, that's pretty much like rounds out the celebrity guest, but that's pretty good though. I thought that is, yeah, that's awesome. Especially for Friday the 13th. So, um, yeah. we got a little costume for Dewey. Oh, like Dewey's going to steal the show. You know this. I mean, right. nobody's going to pay attention to you. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, that's usually how it goes. He gets more likes on selfies than I do. Mm. <laughs> that's but the way it goes. How was Cinema Wasteland, Carly? 
it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite event to go to now. I wish I had been going years ago, but yeah, it's just, it's almost overwhelming how many people are there that I know. I will say this year was kind of a cluster, like Justin and uh, JP and I were laughing because it was like, it, <laughs> like there, you know, people come down who are a fan of 22 shots. Like some people are from Massachusetts and you have like, of course, like Dave Parker and uh, Jeremy Freeman was there. Like, so, uh, and then obviously I have like, Madeline and people from Bathtub Shark Attack and then like Steve Resent like there was just so many people that I knew from different aspects and it's like everyone kept like texting each other in different group chats being like where's everybody at and then people be like I'm in the room and then it's like be down in five minutes and then like you're like down in the lobby and it's there's no one there and it's like well where's everybody at and then everybody's like, oh, we're in the showroom. And then it, it just seemed like no one ever like knew where anyone was. But I mean And keep in mind, this is just like a best western. It's like right. one, it's it's like two movie rooms, a lobby, and one convention room. Right. But yeah, it's, you do lose people there somehow. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, and the showroom's not that big, but I remember I just walked around it, it seemed like five hundred times, being like, I'm gonna go try to find my friends, and then I couldn't find them. And, uh, but, but no, we, we had a fun time though. Like we all, some of us went out to lunch at one point. Um, the, the highlight for me was everyone did get together and watch bathtub shark attack cause they screened it there Yay! at 10. Yeah. 10 45 on Saturday, which was a pretty good time frame Cause you know, it's after the showroom closes, everyone's eaten, everyone's kind of drunk and, uh, you know, people are just very supportive. So that was nice. And just seeing all my, like, like you said this is like yeah you feel like you're just on top of the world at these conventions people are asking me to sign bathtub but not only that it's just like all these people I consider friends even if I only see them like once a year if that's it's they feel like more genuine friends than some people I've known my whole life which is kind of sad but like it, it just and everyone has their unique looks you know there's like gothic people metal looking people everyone just like jive so well and everyone's hanging out with everyone and everyone's just hugging and kissing and it, it, it's, it gets weird but um, no it's a it was a great time um great time but yeah I I remember last year after we went I was like borderline ready to like kill myself because I was you know I had that after convention blues and this time I had it a little bit but it wasn't as bad because, you know, I plan, I am going to go back in April. I plan on trying to go to every single show they do. And I'm just like, I'll see these people again. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what you got to get past is the, yeah. Like it, 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 I just, that's exactly the thing. Like people know me, people want my signature. Like I'm a, you know, like I matter you know, people, li- people like me, like, and you know, I always have that fear that people don't like me and it's like, they're like sleep I know they you guys like me you really like me <laughs> <laughs> oh but hey Carly I am coming to your neck of the woods uh Tom and Tim Gross um invited me to be a guest at Gross Fest in August so oh I'm you're sure. oh, okay sure. cool awesome those guys are cool we all the- really the- do need to like fucking get, like a table or something and get like some- we do we need those baseball shirts like we said yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. with like the regular design of SPM and like with but with our faces on it, like we just need some. I need to find an artist that will do that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, we need to. But we just need to meet up in general. Like I feel like it's not that hard, but we're all making it hard. 
Sorry. I can't even get together with like my two friends who live within 40 miles right. of me, you know, like the three yeah. of us can't ever seem to get a lunch date going, you know. I think I always say it seems like I I feel like I hang out with people from out of state more than I do like the people that live 10 minutes Mm -hmm. away from me. But I think it's because it's like you make more of an effort. You're like, well, they live like hours away, so I have to see them. And then it's like, oh, I could see I could see old Jeff any any day. You know, I don't even have a friend named Jeff. I don't know why I use that name. But anyway, you know what? Next year, we should either do like Horror Hound in Indianapolis or Days of the Dead. I'm down. Well, let's, yeah, let's, we'll plan it off air, but we, yeah. we definitely need an SPM meetup. We do, we do, we do. Like a real pillow fight. Right. <laughs> oh, oh my God. We could so get some money on Patreon for that. We really could. <laughs> we had a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Step one. Yeah. Well, maybe things will be changing up a little bit next year. Who knows? Um, maybe we'll get a Patreon finally so we can get some fucking merchandise. Um, but yeah, so should we get into our Girl Talk topic? Sure. All right. Well, this episode, it's witching and bitching. So I thought it would be fun to witch and bitch about our pet peeves. So uh, these stories told will be about uh, pet peeves. Who wants to kick it off? I can go. I actually, okay. Okay, I actually have a pretty decent story about pet peeves and karma coming back to like tell you to calm your tits. Um, and in fact, this morning, like I have so many pet peeves. I just, I'll just be honest. But like, I was like, well, what pet peeve like actually has a story behind it? And one of my biggest pet peeves is mouth noises. And you know who does that the most? A dog. Uh, so dogs munching their crotches, that drives me absolutely insane, especially when it's like a totally quiet room, you know, and your dog's just on the other end of the couch, like mine is doing right now. She like, as soon as I said that, she literally started licking her crotch. Thanks, Nix. Yeah, she, we're not on camera, but thank you for the uh, visual example. Um, so I was 16 or 17 and I worked at a video store and I was like desperate to make money. I wanted to get out. So I like I would take every shift, you know, it's like I'm the opposite of now. Like, I'm just like, I've got to work. I will work no matter what, you know, Um, whereas now it's like most days I'm like, okay, what's an excuse for me not to go to work? (laughs) Um, But it was around Easter um, because we had a jar of jelly beans. And of course, because I'm 16 or 17 or whatever, um, like I'm grabbing a handful of jelly beans for my breakfast before I go into my shift at at the video store. And it's a Sunday morning. And my dog, Jakey, um, who is our, he, you know, he's passed away. He's long passed away, but he was the family dog. Very sweet little dog, but he was kind of annoying. He was an asshole. I'll just be honest. But he was like, but he was our asshole, you know. But he's like sitting on the floor and just munching on his butt while I'm trying to sit there and eat my jelly beans. And like, I'm just like, dude, like stop it or go somewhere else you have the entire house whatever and I just I keep getting like more and more escalating mad at this dog's and so you know how like sometimes you just get mad and you'll just you know you hit the table or you know whatever with your fist you know just to really like drive it home so I'm getting ready to yell at him again like Jakey 
I've got the lid of this glass jelly bean jar in my hand, and I slam the lid down on the glass jelly bean jar, and lo and behold, the damn thing breaks, and my hand is impaled on this jelly bean jar. And like, I, I was maybe in a little bit of shock. You know how like, there's the whole thing, like you get a paper cut, you're like, motherfucker, you know? Like it just, it's killing you, whatever. But like, if you really get injured, like your body just doesn't register it. Like it does not hurt. Like, I feel like that's the way it's gotta be whenever you're shot or something, you know? Like whenever you're just like, oh, okay. And then like, it takes your brain a minute to go, I think I have a medical emergency here. And so my dad was home. And he's freaking out and like, I, you know, so I pull my hand off of it and I guess it was probably a God. I mean, in my mind's eye, it was like a fucking dagger, but it was probably about a three quarter of an inch shard of glass that my hand had landed on, on my thumb, like on kind of the, the soft part, like, um, like under the joint of your thumb. And so I'm like going over the sink and like just trying to rinse it off. And I'm like, dad just go get some towels you know blah 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 you know and and, uh and he's just freaking out and I'm like no just hold my wrist right here because it was gushing blood you know and I'm just hold my wrist to keep the bleeding down a little bit let's just wrap it in a towel you know so uh I'm all calm and he drives me to the emergency room and I had just gone to visit my sister uh in Florida and when I was there I got a tattoo on my thigh uh, it was a big tribal tattoo. My parents did not know that I got this. Um, and I was not of the age where I could have gotten it. Um, and my sister vouched for me to this guy <laughs> when we got our tattoos. So there was a whole like can of worms right there. So I've got shorts on because I'm still in my PJs. So I'm at the nurse or at the nursing home. God. Yeah, I might as well be. I was at the Martinsville emergency room, which might as well be a nursing home. Um, and I'm laying there on the on the table like you know and he sees the tattoo and he gets all pissy and I'm like dude I'm standing here I'm sitting here with like my fucking hand wrapped in like a towel and shit so get over it dude um but you know I didn't like I didn't get in quote-unquote trouble or anything because I just kind of did whatever I wanted but anyway so that's how my parents found out I got that tattoo and so I'm like I'm sitting there and these this is a this is a notoriously incompetent emergency room like, it's one of those things where it's always a joke, like, if you're having a heart attack, don't go there unless you want to die, you know, that kind of thing. So the people are like, okay, you know, let's, we're going to numb you up and, you know, sew you up and whatever. And so they, they put like a topical, um, whatever you call it, like a pain, what is that called? It the anesthetic. There we go. They put like a topical on there and they're like, okay, we're going to let this wait for a few minutes and then, and then it should be numb. And like, they put this stuff on and then they come back like five minutes later and it's done nothing. Like my hand is still like totally, you know, fulfilling. And they're like, hmm, well maybe we, maybe we mix that up wrong. Let's try that again. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty confident here. So then they go bring some more and they put it on there. Okay. And it still does nothing. And uh, so then the doctor comes up and is like, okay, well, you know, it's time to like sew it up. And I'm just like, dude, I'm like, I have like a half an hour to get to my shift. Um, and like, I'm still in my pajamas. I'm still, I've got this 
gaping wound on my hand. And I'm like, okay, I don't fucking care. Just sew it up. So my hand was totally like not numb at all. And I let this guy fucking sew my hand with no fucking, no numbing or anything. And then like, you know, he wrapped it in this huge thing or whatever. I like went home, got myself ready the best I could. Cause it was my right hand, of course, you know. And I uh, got myself to the video store and I worked my fucking shift, man. I wish I still had that work ethic, but um, maybe I should get an hourly job and then I would have a little bit more of a work ethic. You know, it's a little bit more like got to go do it. But yeah, so I still have the scar even. And uh, there we go. All because of your dog. All because of crotch. Right. And because I can't handle it. And that was exactly it. Like, okay, back, like I had a lot of rage issues and this was, I mean, in, in, in all honesty, like this was 92, 93 people weren't medicating teenagers for, they were maybe just kind of getting ready to start medicating teenagers for like mental illness, but it was very, but it was, it was basically, if you had anything if you had any kind of mental issues, you were going to outgrow it. It was a phase. It was your, that was just the, the general kind of consensus of that time. And I had so much problem with anxiety. I would just get in my car, like my throat would be clenching up from anxiety or panic attack. And I would just get in my car and like, I would just smoke cigarettes because it was the only thing that kind of calmed me to where I could like breathe and shit, you know? So I had a lot of issues that I was coming up with self coping mechanisms to deal with. Um, my life, my, my high school years would have been way different if Prozac were a thing back then. Um, cause I didn't get, I didn't actually go on anything. This is, here's a soapbox guys. If you have any kind of, it, it, it is not, it is not a weakness to take medication or your brain. Um, it was explained to me because I always thought it was like for losers and like, oh, you just can't handle shit. And then right. once I had my baby and I had like all these problems that I had just come up with these very elaborate coping mechanisms for. And then you throw on postpartum and hormones and the fact that you can't control everything. Um, now I've got a kid. I can't really necessarily always drop everything and do my coping mechanisms. I was a mess. And the way they explained it to me, they were like, listen, if you had a heart problem, if you came in here and you had a heart problem and we gave you medicine for your heart, would you take it? And I'm like, well, yeah. They're like, so why is it that there's a problem with your brain and we give you medicine and you think that that's somehow weak? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, once it was it was framed that way. So if you are struggling with mental illness and you have any kind of stigma against taking medication, I strongly recommend that you do. So there's my soapbox too, my PSA. Yeah, people are always like, oh, well, I don't want to take medication because I don't want to have to take it the rest of my life. And that that's stupid, too. It's like, OK, well, people with diabetes probably don't want to take that for the rest of it. The, right. They have to because it's, uh, you know. And so. I mean, and, and why not? I mean, I know there yeah. are a lot of people who are anti-medication in general. Like I know we've kind of gone another way. And, you know, like I had a friend who was just like, I'm going on a on an elimination diet. I'm trying to get off all my allergy meds and all this other crap. And I'm like, you know, I've you know, I've had allergies my whole life. I really 
I don't care if it's if Zyrtec and Allegra is what's going to put me in the ground, but it's going to keep me from sneezing. I don't give a flying fuck. I really don't. You know, <laughs> like because she's like, oh, well, Zyrtec is linked to dementia. I'm like, fuck it. Bring it on. I don't care, man. If I can like sit here and just tell you stories about Grandma Slut Becky, in, you know, 1992. Uh, fine. I don't care. Like it's, it's about the now, but yeah, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with taking medication to keep yourself afloat. I agree. Like I take, um, I've been on medication since like 2011 for my anxiety, but it's like as needed. So it's not like something I have to take every fucking day, but there are days where I'm just like, I fucking need an anxiety pill. You know, mm-hmm. I have I have terrible time anxiety. I'm like one of those people that is constantly looking at the time and the clock. Like if <clears throat> like I, I do better, like like even watching a movie, I'm like, how much time is left? You know, it's weird. Like I just have like this impending like anxiety time. And I think it like kind of stems from like what happened to my mom going into the nursing home at the age of 40. Like I just feel like there's not time, you know? Mm. Yeah. And so like it's ever since then, like I've just like I never used to be that way and like what really triggered it over the edge was I was so excited for Scream 4 to come out (laughs) like and like I like had this whole thing planned out I was going to watch all the movies I think I told this story before but I had all the movies planned out and um I had all the movies planned out and I was going to go to a midnight screening of it they don't even do that anymore like so I'm super fucking bummed about this but I was like I'm gonna get super fucking baked and watch all the movies. Well, I ended up getting really high, like off of two <laughs> bomb rips. And I had a bad high because like my time anxiety was so fucking bad. And I'm like praying to God. Like I, I like dropped a glass of water. Like I was shaking so bad. Like I didn't get to watch any of the movies. And like I got really cold and I like curled up in my bed and I was like praying to God. I was like, I'll delete Facebook as long as I survive. It was like that bad of a high. <laughs> but I- <laughs> Like, so I didn't smoke weed after that anymore. And I went to the doctor and he was like, uh, my doctor was like, yeah, you have like anxiety. So we're going to try this medicine. And I've been on it since like 2011. And it literally helps. Like when I take the pills, like I don't look at the clock and it's really fucking weird. But yeah, Scream 4, like Scream 4 did it. it. Scream 4 pushed me over the edge. And I'm sad, like, I didn't get to go to the midnight showing of that. So I had to go the next day. I was super bummed. All because uh, I took two zips because of my anxiety. I might have told this before, but my grandma died the night I went to see Scream 4. So we both have a traumatic experience with Scream 4. Yeah. Wow. I don't have a story about Scream 4. Damn, I wish I did. Because that would be kind of weird or cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. The only thing about medication, though, is, like, I don't like having to go to the doctor to get it, like, to always have to make a doctor appointment to be like, oh, so we're not giving you any more refills until you make this appointment, because I don't feel like, I don't have time to go to the doctor, I just don't. Yeah, the way that I always, that I have gotten used to that. Well, it was great until this last time that I had to go to the shrink. Because, you know, I have to go every three or four months and just be like, yep, I'm feeling great. Nope, don't want to kill myself. Yep fill my prescriptions, you know, like I, I don't, I don't go into any kind of detail about anything. It's like, just shake your head, nod and smile and get your prescriptions and go. But they were doing telehealth, like, and it was great because I would just be at work and I'd get the little call 15 minutes on a, on a video call with my doctor and be done. But like now all the insurance companies are 
pulling back on that because like all of the regulations that got lifted temporarily for COVID are all now back on there. So they want you to come back in. And it's like, Jesus Christ, really? Like, okay, so I don't have to drive a half an hour to go talk to sit in the waiting room for 15 minutes, talk to this person for 10 minutes, you know, then drive back home. And it's like, you know, yeah, it sucks. But I've, I've gotten to that point where I'm like, they have to make their money too. And I understand that. So they're doing me a service. So I do them that service. <laughs> well, Carly, what's your pet peeve story? Okay, I was trying to think of, yeah, I was trying, I, I have a lot of issues mentally with with everything, like, I'm so annoyed by everything, but yeah, I too was trying to think of, like, an actual story, and it's not a long story, but, and it wasn't funny at the time, but it's, like, funny now, so I'm just gonna tell it, but uh, kind of, well, very similar to Rebecca, I can't stand the sound of people chewing, um, it literally puts me over the edge, like, it, it takes everything in me not to flip out, and unfortunately, with like people that I am close with, such as my mom and like my dad and JP and stuff like that, like I will, I, I can't help myself. Like I will say something because I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm close with those people so I can say something, which, you know, it's bad. Like I shouldn't be doing that because it like makes me look crazy. But anyway, JP, like he makes a lot of noise when he chews, he just does. And it's always driven me crazy. And I always am just like, can you please? go to like somewhere else or like or like if we're in the car I have to like turn the radio up to blasting if he's eating anything because I just I can't do it and it's gonna start fights and one day we were going to uh we were probably like on our way to a convention or something that was like far away and we stopped at the gas station in our town because he was hungry you know we didn't like have any we didn't eat anything it was like earlier in the day uh so he went in and got like this you know, one of those shitty, like, hoagies that are wrapped in plastic that you could buy at gas stations, and he comes out, and he starts eating it, and we're driving down the road, um, and I was, I think I was already annoyed and in a bad mood, because, I don't know, I get anxiety when we're, like, going on trips, like, I, yeah, time anxiety, I guess, like, Lacey, kind of, like, I, I just feel like, oh, we're gonna be late to this, we're gonna be, you know, and it's, it, it, it's always everyone else's fault but mine, of course, because I'm always, way too early for things and so that by doing that I get mad at everybody else so this is just me explaining how I'm a toxic person essentially but anyway so we're driving down the road and we don't even get that far and he's eating that and I'm just like can you please like I don't even remember what I said but I was like can you please just like chew less loud can you like close your mouth when you chew or something like that and he just like flipped he was just like this is how I fucking eat. You always have a problem with how I eat. It's just how I chew. I can't do anything about it. So then we're just like screaming at each other, fighting. And like, I'm looking ahead because I'm just angry. I'm not looking at him. And also I'm driving because you're not supposed to be looking at people while you drive. So it makes sense. But I look over and like, and he's like, I'll just starve. And I look and the hoagie's gone. And I'm just like, where, like, where the fuck is the hoagie? And he's like, I threw it out the window, man. I threw it out the window. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So then we're like really fighting and we're like pissed. And I'm just like, that was so stupid. That was such a waste of food. And then it was just like, like the next day we were just like cracking up about it. Cause he literally, he was like, yeah, I threw it out the, I threw it out the window. You missed it. It was sad. It like, I saw it like spread open as it flew, <laughs> flew in the air and all the lettuce and tomatoes fell out and stuff. And I was just, it, it became like this funny thing that he just, you know, 
he got angry and he was like, I'm going to show you. And he threw, threw a sandwich out the window. And then we probably like went to McDonald's after that because, you know, he was probably still hungry. So, yeah, but that's just like that. Yeah, we, I, I become so enraged and I, I had gotten enraged to him one too many times and it caused him to lose his mind and, uh, his hoagie and uh, some animal probably was eating that on the side of the road. I was trying to look for it on our way back from that trip. I was like, is that hoagie <laughs> still sitting somewhere? Yeah. But yeah, we still, it's just like we, we talk about, we're just like, we get mad and throw food out the window. And it's, it was so stupid. I, when you were saying that, of, it, he was like, when he was saying it was sad how the hoagie like was coming apart. I'm just, I'm envisioning this in like slow motion, like it's <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. Like it's uh, like all the pieces coming and like the lettuce going one way slowly and the tomato and him going. Exactly. No. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. And it was, it's just like funny after the fact that I looked over at him, he's like stewing and I'm like, where the, where's the hoagie? Where is it? You took one bite of it. And he's like, I threw it out the window, man. And I'm just like, oh, you threw it out the window. You threw it. At, like it, it, it was just this huge fight that now is just so stupid. But again, <laughs> I, I all because of chewing. I love that you guys got into a fight over a gas station sandwich. I mean, how many people can say that? Right. Yeah. It wasn't even a good sandwich, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't even like you went to firehouse subs or something like it was right. a gas station sandwich for God's sake. Well, firehouse subs. <laughs> I haven't had that in a while. I need that. I totally would be that way though, Carly. Like my dad used to just chew like just really loud and oh, it, my... it, was, it wasn't like his fault or anything. It was just, it was just the way he did it. And man, I would sit at the table about ready to fucking just blow my top like it's yeah. just it's gross my dad my dad is my dad is missing like all his teeth I mean even growing up like he always just had teeth problems so he was always missing a few of them nowadays he has like no teeth left but that made it all the worse because it's like yes he'd be chewing on like the three teeth he had and it would just be like I'm not even gonna reenact yeah. it because I'll make myself mad but yeah I, yeah <laughs> My mom used to flip out on him too, but now my mom too is annoyingly. So I'm just like, everyone, why can't you all just be like me? You know what's going to happen, Carly? You're going to hit 30 and you're going to start like just chewing really annoyingly. It's going to come back to get you. I know, Rebecca. Karma. Karma. But I'm perfect. That's right. Mm. Anyway, Lacey, <laughs> what, what? Yeah, these stories, not these stories have become else. us being insane more so yes, than peeps. <laughs> Um, well, um, uh, my story involves somebody that I think might be insane. Um, I, like, I kind of, like, struggled with this topic. Like, I thought that, like, I had, like, a lot, but I really didn't. Um, there were, like, things that, like, annoy me, but, like, something recently happened that just, like, really fucking annoyed me. So I figured I would tell that story. You guys kind of already know about it because I posted about it on Facebook. <laughs> um, we're all a part of, like, the horror community, right? And so people are kind of the fucking worst sometimes. Um, like, cause you, you, you get access to people super easy. And I don't necessarily like people having access to me all the time. Like um, when somebody sends me a message on a uh, messenger, I'm like, do I want to open that? You know, um, mm. I don't know. I, I'm fucking weird about it because like any like, unwanted message or like if I don't know you I find it weird like send me a fucking email like professionally or something I don't know and um anyway so like I had like this friend request or whatever and like I seen that they had like a bunch of mutuals and like 
Donna Nelly had like just like did a review of this person's film or whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Immediately, as soon as I hit like accept that, like, and I stopped like accepting people's friend requests, but like I figured, ah, well, you know, Don reviewed the film, so like it's fine, you know? Like, usually I do a much better job of like scouting out like who's friending me on Facebook, right? So I was like, ah, well, you know, it's probably fine. And so I was like, okay. Immediately after hitting the accept button, I have a fucking message in my inbox. I'm like, Ugh. Like, anytime I see a new message in my inbox on Messenger, I'm like, ugh. Which, I'm, like, guilty of it. Like, I'll get drunk and I'll just message people. But, like, I haven't been drinking. So, like, I feel like it's all coming back to me times, like, 10 now for, like, all the annoyance I caused people when I was drunk. Because, like, I don't talk to people when I'm sober. Like, if I'm sober, I, I'm less likely to chat, you know? And um, so sorry for all those messages left on um, unread in my inbox, but, um, yeah, so I, 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 it's weird. I just like, I like talk to me, like if I'm posting something, like, I feel like I'm out in the open on Facebook. Like I'm not a fan of like getting messages. <laughs> so unless like I initiated, I guess, does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a big, I, I hate when I get a message too. Like I'll like look at the preview and I'm just like, ugh, I gotta think of a reply because once I click on it, they're gonna see I read it and then it's gonna be rude if I don't respond right away. So I don't know. It, yeah, it gives me anxiety too. And then the more messages that pop up, the more I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this. It's like so. overwhelming. It's weird. And like yeah. I don't care if you like, but just like leave me on read, whatever. Just like respond in your own time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Like, but it's you guys. So, like, I, like, if I ever send you a message about the show and, like, you can't get back to me in time, like, I don't care. Like, you'll, I know you'll eventually get back to me. So, I'm not, like, worried about that. Like, you guys are, like, the only ones I talk to in Mike Merriman on Facebook and sometimes <laughs> nudie. So, like, but I like talking. Like, you are the people that I like talking to. You're, like, my extended family, you know? Oh. And, uh, but anybody else, like, eh. Um. Well, like, it, well, like sometimes people will message me and it's fine. But, like, if I don't know you and I've never talked to you before, I just always find it, like, invasive for some reason. Um, but, like, I love it when people message me, like, about, like, something I posted or whatever. Like, if, if it's, like, warranted, you know, like, if we've, like, started a conversation, like, on Facebook and you send me a message, that's fine, too. Or if, like, you're recommending me something. But if you want a favor from me, that's something different. <laughs> like, if you're wanting something of me, I hate that shit. And um, so this filmmaker messaged me like right away and he goes something along the lines like, hey, Lacey, nice to e meet you. Fucking e meet. Like, I hate that. E meet you. Like, whatever. Um, that's fucking stupid. Like, don't say that. That's fucking dumb as fuck. Anyways, that's another pet peeve. But like, nice to e meet you. Whatever. And so um, this guy messages and he's like, I have this new movie. And I wanted to know if you would be interested in reviewing it. And um, right. I was in like, other do you words, have like In other words, I made you a friend because I want something from you, but I'm going to make it seem like you want it. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, um, I was like, do you have like a press kit or something? Like, and then he starts sending like multiple messages and 
I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I should just fucking, like, read the thread, but I couldn't find it. So, um, I'll have to go off of memory. Um, but he starts sending, like, messages, and I was like, sure, just send me your press kit, whatever, and I'll review it and get back to you. And he was like, I'm going to send you the file, and let me know when you receive it, Lacey. Let me know what you receive it and what you think of it. And, like, he's sending, like, so many messages to, like, my one word reply, and... So he sends the file over, and uh, he's like, did you get the file? Did you get the file? I was like, I'm not seeing it. Where did you send it from? Like, what email? And it wasn't, like, from an email. It was, like, from this, like, cloud transfer thing or whatever. Like, I don't even know what the fuck it's called. And um, I was like, yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not seeing it. And he's like, it's from this file, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. Thanks. I'll check it out and uh, get back to you. Um, you know, to set up a time to schedule. I'm a bit busy this week because I, I had like six interviews I was doing that week already. Like I was overwhelmed and I really wasn't feeling well. And um, so I was like, I'll get back to you, you know? And he was like, okay, um, yeah, um, did you get the file? Um, I'm not showing that you downloaded the file. Um, you want to download that as soon as possible so it does not expire. I'm not seeing that you downloaded the file. And I'm like... No, I haven't downloaded it yet. I told you I'll get back to you in a week. You know, like I got I got it. I just haven't downloaded it yet. I'll be in touch soon. And he proceeds to send me this voice clip. Do you guys want to hear the voice clip? Like, can I play this, please? Uh, yeah. Yes. Of course. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Here we go. Like, this is like this is this guy. Like, I don't know if I did his voice justice or not, but here we go. That's fine, Lacey. As long as you keep me posted, uh, I'm used to quality and efficiency when it comes down to people very, very, very much. You know, as hard as high on uh, that applies to every every person, people I work with, whether it's actresses, especially actresses, uh, collaborators, or even reviewers of podcasts. I am, you know, very militaristic, very, you know, straight line, absolute stop. Top, 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 top standards. So, you know, that's why, you know, I'm very selective. Uh, if you say, okay, this is how we're going to do it, you know, I trust you, take the words for it, and we're going to go for it. Anything you need, let me know. Let me know what you think about the film, first of all, and uh, when exactly you're planning to do this thing. If it's a video interview, will be better. Otherwise, a review also, or both, uh, better. The more promotional material this film has, uh, before January, the better. This film, like I said, is a controversial film. Um, it's a mixture of avant-garde cinema, art house, mixed with extreme horror, hardcore pornography, uh, very artistic and also very extreme at the same time. Uh, keep me posted, okay? So I can promote, once the interview is ready, uh, everything on social media. Thanks. Yeah, no. Sorry, <laughs> that's not how it works. Like, you're not, yeah, like, oh, Lacey, since, you know, I'm very selective, uh, fine. Oh, my God, this guy. Oof. Pop, 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 pop. I that. thought, I literally, I thought that was a glitch. No, I was like, it was... is my computer glitching out? That top, 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 it's just like, bro. Like, Stop. but he, and he I like how he throws in, in, in the middle of everything, he's like, oh, it's like 50 different genres, like, hardcore pornography he just kind of peppers that in in the middle like right. okay 
No, and I watched the trailer for this. It looks terrible. I'm not going to promote the film. Like, I'm just not. So we're not even going to talk about what film this is. Um, but Or this person's name, because I don't even remember it. But, um, like, I saved the voice clip because I thought it was funny um, after the fact. But he annoyed the fuck out of me. And, like, he's sending me, like, I sent him seven messages in total. He sends between voice memos, multiple voice memos, and multiple um multiple uh messages he sent 40 messages to my seven messages in the span of like in the span of like two hours like like do not spam me like do not spam me and like i was like dude i'll fucking get back to you dude i'll fucking get back to you and uh, he ended up saying, what was it that he fucking said? Hang on, I'm going to try to find that really quick. And um, um, he said, um, like, I said, I'll get back to you in a week to schedule, set up a time after I review the film, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he goes, okay, let me know when you review it. Uh, but only if you are serious about it, like all the other reviewers and podcasts I dealt with. I don't like deal. I don't like chasing people who are not serious. Let me know. Thanks. And uh, that's just I like, don't like chasing people. Right. Like, you know what do you mean? You forty fucking messages, dude. Yeah, it's one thing. It, like the only time I've had people be that. Uh, thorough, I guess, you know, and like tell you that much about the movie and stuff is when I've watched a movie and I really liked it and I contacted the filmmaker and said, hey, I want to do a, you know, an interview or whatever. Like the fact that he's the one that, yeah, it, it's all very backwards, very backwards. The more you have to like be like, oh, yes, yes, quality, all that stuff, like the worst your movie probably is if you have to like really hammer home how great it is and how you're looking for serious reviewers and top quality and all that. Like your movie's probably garbage. Yeah, like and making yourself like sound better than you are. Yeah, like all like you're freaking other Scorsese. I've dealt with like. Okay, like, so basically he's saying I'm unprofessional because I told him I'd get back to him in a week. And, but, like, he's saying, like, uh, this needs all the promotion before January. Like, I give you a week's fucking time frame. Like, we had time, dude. Like, and it just pissed me off. So my response to him was, I don't really appreciate the, like, all other reviewers and podcasts you dealt with. It comes off rude and desperate and, quite frankly, disrespectful. Here's a tip. When someone says they will get back to you in a week, don't bombard them with messages and insult them. Take care. And then I just blocked him. <laughs> yep. That's the way to do it. But yeah, it's this whole thing of like, I know it's like a reverse psychology kind of thing or something, like trying to make you think that you're getting something because he's offering you to review this movie like no do you know how many screeners and shit we get do you know how many movies we all like watch on the daily you know like yeah no thanks guys and i think that guy um you posted his name in our group so i need to make sure that i blocked him as well because i don't want to deal with him either <laughs> Right, like, he's fucking, this dude was, like, like atrociously bad, right? Like, I don't know. Like, don't do, if you're a filmmaker and you're listening to this, do not do what this guy did. Because it's very off-putting, annoying, and 
literally, if somebody says they'll get back to you, like I interview people all the time and I've never had issues like that. Um, that's why I like to go through like, that's why the student needs like a PR person, you know, um, because they'll just send you an email, whatever. That's how I like getting my screeners, you know, is going through PR. Unless like you're a friend and like, I know you personally, then like, of course I'll hook you up. Right. Right. Um, but like, I didn't know this guy and it literally fucking annoyed the fuck out of me. I hate pretentious filmmakers. So I guess that's my pet peeve. Pretentious filmmakers, filmmakers. who spam my inbox. Pop, 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 pop. Okay, just as it... <laughs> let's see, We I have 48 mutuals with this guy, including Maddie. So we've got to tell her to get... And Donna Nelly. Uh, <laughs> although he might, he might like it if that guy uh, contacted him. Yeah, most of these people who are, are mutuals, I don't I know, but... Hmm. I did tell Don when it happened and like, he just didn't say anything, but um, yeah, no, this guy was fucking atrocious and um, like extreme horror just isn't my thing. So like I had a feeling that um, I wasn't going to like the movie anyways, because it's just, like extreme horror is just really not my wheelhouse. Like it's not like it makes me uncomfortable or anything. I just don't personally enjoy it. Mm. Um so I wasn't a right fit for this guy anyways, but I was still, like, willing to help the guy out. But then he had to be a fucking bombarding asshole. And I'm just like, no, we're not fucking doing this here. So, um, yeah, don't, like, and I knew, like, once he told me what it was, like, about, like, I, I knew it didn't sit with me, you know. So, like, and I told Dan, and he was like, no, you're not doing that. Like, before this guy <laughs> even, like, pissed me off. Like, he's like, no, you're not doing that. No. Sorry, because <laughs> like, we watched the trailer and it was tremendously bad. And um, yeah, so that is my pet peeve story. It's not as extravagant as some of my other tales, but um, I felt like it was something that it needed to be talked about because this is our bitching episode. So and that's something recent that happened to me. And yeah, don't bombard me with uh, fucking messages on Facebook. OK, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's going to round out our girl talk topic. Um, are you guys ready for our game? Sure. Okay. Um, so we're going to do a little bit. I got this card game from Spirit Halloween. And it's a little Halloween history of trivia game. Okay. Cool. So, um, so I'll ask you guys a few questions and we will go from there. All right, Carly, we will start with you. All right. What activity can result in a $1,000 fine in Hollywood during Halloween? A, littering. B, selling or using silly string. C, handing out expired candy. Or D, using an air horn. Mm. How much is this fine? A thousand buckaroos. That's a lot of buckaroos. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of buckaroos. It is. It is. Uh, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. But yeah, you know, I I think I'll, I'll go with littering because I feel like people litter a lot on Halloween because they're throwing, you know, their toilet paper and corn and all, all that shenanigans. So I'm going to go with that. People throw corn? Or tic-tac? Tic-tacking? What? What the fuck? Tic-tacking. What the fuck is tic-tacking? Are you guys <laughs> kidding? 
No! Yeah, they get, you get, like, hard corn, like, corn kernels, and you throw it at people's window, and it, like, obviously makes a lot of noise and scares people. It's like, it's like teepeeing and, like, egging. I, I guess this is Pennsylvania teepeeing. <laughs> I guess. That's very weird that you guys have never... Yeah, it ha- uh, it's happened to me before. We don't disrespect corn like that, Carly. Maybe that's it. Right. Yeah, I was like, you know, you would think that we would be the ones talking about some kind of corn-related prank, but <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's that's it's that's actually crazy. TikTok-ing. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it makes a maybe because it makes a tic-tac-y sound on the glass. Yeah, it's, it's real. I swear. No, I can see that. <laughs> like if you took like dried. Corn kernels or something like it would sound like Tic Tacs too, just way cheaper. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, you guys learned something. Maybe I'll do that this Halloween. Hmm. <laughs> Rebecca, take a video of it if you go Tic Tacking. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Did you, I win? That could be your Halloween costume. You could go with somebody from Pennsylvania. That's right. <laughs> 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 what's the What's the restaurant you guys all like? Uh, oh shit. Perkins. No, not Perkins. What's the sandwich place? The every Permonis. Permonis, yeah. Just have a Permonis bag, you know, and terrible <laughs> towel. Uh, a, you know. A, yeah, Steelers jersey and a handful of popcorn kernels. Oh, you need a Iron Iron City light too in your hand. Oh, okay. That's a beer from here. If you okay, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, you got to do it. Uh, do you want to uh, co-sign to Carly's pick, or would you like to choose something else? Uh, oh, so okay, so you aren't giving us the answer. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with something a little more absurd. I'm gonna say like I'm gonna say the uh, the expired candy. That just seems like one of those silly things that would have happened at some point that made a law that never gets enforced. Uh, you are both incorrect. It is selling or using silly string. Oh, yeah. I was going to pick that one, but I thought that seemed insane. <laughs> well, I mean, but the, clean, the cleanup on that shit, have you ever used silly yeah. string? Like, everybody thinks it's just like, ah, and it's like, no, that shit, does, it doesn't dissolve or anything. Like, you got to pick that shit up. So, yeah. Makes sense. All right. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Before pumpkins, what was used to make jack-o'-lanterns? A, human skulls, B, potatoes, C, hollowed logs, or D, apples? Potatoes. Carly? Mm-hmm. I think, let me think. Wait, what was it? Logs, apples, potatoes, what was the other one? Human, oh, human skulls. skulls. Well, human skulls are already... The face. Um, I'll go with the. I'll go with the hollowed logs. Uh, Rebecca was correct. It is potatoes. I don't know. Like I heard that somewhere at some point. So, have you ever made a jack o' lantern out of a potato? No, but that might be kind of fun. But you'd have to get think- a really big potato. Can you imagine the detail? You know. I think I'm gonna try that this year. <laughs> like, can you even put like a fucking candle in a potato? I can't imagine hollowing out like how like, the potato would have to be fairly big to even be able to hollow it out, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know that's like a lot of work. I'm not gonna do it. Pumpkins also, it would, be, it would get that would be kind of gross too. It's like your gut. 
I mean, pumpkin carving a pumpkin's kind of gross too, I guess. But I don't know. It's gross in a fun way, though. Yeah. All right, Carly. Which story originated the headless horseman, the Raven, Dracula, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, or the Telltale Heart? The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Rebecca, do you co-sign? Yes. That is correct. I don't even actually like really know that story. We're doing um, Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp on Thrills and Chills this year, so I'll know it soon enough. Mm-hmm. All right, Rebecca. Yeah. Which famous yeah. person did not die on Halloween? Hmm. Okay. A. The Prime Minister um, Indira Gandhi. B. Magician Harry Houdini. C. Church of Satan founder Anton Leve Leve. Or D. Actor River Phoenix. Uh. Uh, um did not die on halloween uh i i don't fucking know um i mean i don't remember river phoenix dying river phoenix is like the only one who's like death i remember or would even know and i don't remember that happening in halloween but maybe it did i mean it, it was like fall time so i'm gonna steer clear of that one i'm gonna say um and I know Harry Houdini died on a weird day, but I don't know that it was Halloween per se. So I'm going to go with Harry Houdini. Carly? Yeah, I, I, I laughed because it's like those are all random people and then it's like River Phoenix. But no, I, I think I'll go, I'll go with Harry Houdini too, I think. Um, no, I think the Church of Satan founder would be very disappointed that River Phoenix actually died on Halloween and not him. Hmm. Wow. So it's Church okay. of Satan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I thought River Phoenix, yeah, I, th- I thought he had left, like, a party or something, so I assumed it was probably, like, a holiday or something like that. So, yeah. Okay, Church of Satan guy did not die on Halloween. That's okay. Uh, all right. Hey, we we're, learned we're something sorry. new today. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, we're sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, Carly. According to research by the candy store, which is America's most beloved Halloween treat? Wait, we don't get a, a multiple choice on oh, this? Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I'm like, that's a little vague and open. I, 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 I think I like literally tuned out myself there for a minute. And like went, hello, darkness, my old friend. Um, <laughs> I, that I literally was like staring off into space after I read the question. It was fucking weird. Um, all right. <laughs> A, candy corn. B, Kit Kat. C, Snickers. D, Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Rebecca mm. Reinhardt. I, oh, I mean, there's so many variations on the Reese's because I'm like, well, if they're counting like the pumpkins and all that stuff, then maybe. But I'm going to go with the good old fashioned Snickers. It is actually a Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm sorry, Snickers. I'm, you know, I just, you know, had to be in solidarity with my dog here. 
Like, I'm so fucking sad about it, too, because, like, Reese's has always been my favorite. And um, now that I'm older, apparently peanut butter just doesn't settle well with me anymore. Like, it, like, literally gives me stomach pain. Mm. Oh, well, here's my story about Reese's. Like, I can, I I don't really eat them. I don't really eat anything with chocolate, like, but I'll eat stuff like a Snickers that's got chocolate on it or whatever. But, like... Whenever I was in middle school, I think, we had a candy bar fundraiser. Maybe it was high school. And so we would, like, buy all these candy bars and just be eating candy bars all day. And there was, like, one day I ate probably five Reese's peanut butter cup, like, the two packs. So, like, ten of them. And I went home. And, like, that night I got the stomach flu. So I was puking, like, just unadulterated Reese's cups and so now I I really can't eat them or smell them or anything it it really it's not horrible anymore like I've gotten past it a little bit but you won't catch me eating them <laughs> catch me outside eating Reese's right yeah that was not a fun night <laughs> <laughs> all right last question ladies uh, Rebecca, which TV show episode did not air as a Halloween episode a, Bob's Burgers, Full Bars, B, Community, Horror Fiction and Seven Spooky Steps, C, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hush, or D, The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, Volume 4? You know what? I do remember there was at least one Simpsons that they could not air it on Halloween. So I'm going to say The Treehouse of Horror. Carly? Um... Uh, it's probably the Simpsons one, but I'll go with the Buffy one just to be different. That is correct, Carly. Oh, oh yay. That's Have a great episode. That? Yeah, that's a the great episode. Yeah. I would love to do a few Buffy episodes on this. Like, for, like, <gasps> Maybe. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Because Buffy does have some, like, good, really horror-ish episodes. Horrors-ish? Um, I always feel weird saying that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I have trouble uh, with saying horror as opposed to whore. I have to like really focus. Well, here's right. the deal. I've noticed like if I'm talking to you guys and say horror, 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 you guys don't like flinch at all. But like if you go to like work and you say horror, like I'll say, oh, yeah, I went to a horror convention. And people will be like, what? <laughs> horror. Because you know, they hear horror <laughs> instead of horror. It's like, okay. <laughs> No, that happens to me all the Judgment. time, too. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, what, Carly? I was just going to say the first time I, like, in- called a tattoo shop to inquire about, like, my first, you know, horror tattoo, I definitely said horror. And I I almost hung up on them. I was just like, I had one chance. I was so nervous. I hate doing phone calls anyway. And I, it was... I don't even think I, I, yeah, I didn't even go to that tattoo shop for it after, after that. Not because of that, but. I, I so. know that, like, it, like, you probably did it on a cell phone, but for some reason, like, I'm picturing you just sitting there, like, on a phone with a cord. <laughs> like, you just, like, hang it up. Like, you're like, oh, stupid, stupid. <laughs> like, Damn it. Like, I miss being able to slam a fucking phone down on someone. Like. Yeah. That was like a joy, you know, like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, I wish I wish I had been able to do that to the top, top, top guy. No shit. 
<laughs> or even like God. a flip. I miss old flip phones where you just like snap it shut. Even that, like you don't get that anymore. Mm-hmm. With the T-Mobile Razor phones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The hot pink ones. I had my, yeah, yeah, my Motorola Razor was hot pink and yep. shiny. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> Uh, that is on on our on our age issue there. Um, we are going to end uh, the girl top segment, and when we come back. We'll be doing my favorite segment, Power Fight, where we will be witching and bitching about some witch films. Stay tuned. <laughs>
welcome back everybody to our favorite segment, Pella Fight. In this segment, we will be dissecting three films involving witches. We actually had a few other films, but then um, we had some last minute changes to our lineup. So we figured we'll just talk about the three that we chose on this go around. And maybe eventually we'll talk about the other ones, who knows. But um, for this go around, we have three for you guys. Which I think is kind of cool because then we can like really more like get into the minutia of the three that we actually picked, right? So exactly. Um, <laughs> like I feel like sometimes like when we have a lot of movies, we kind of just gloss over some of them to get them done quick because we're notoriously known for either going three to six hours long on this show. So <laughs> three to six, you know, three to six. It's, there is no in between. Um, but yeah, so uh, I figured we'll go in the order that they were released because I think that's kind of cool um, because none of us chose any from the same decade. Nice, nice. Yeah. But I, I feel before we get into it though, like I feel like there's not a whole lot of witch movies. Like when I picked this, I thought that there was going to be a lot more to choose from, and. There just isn't a lot of witch movies out there. What do you guys think? I think there are, but they're really, like, so many of them are not horror. They're yeah, more, like, psychological, say. or they're, like, the same thing over and over. Like, there's not a lot of variation, maybe. Yeah, like, you have yeah. stuff like, like, I watched Practical Magic the other day. That's a fun movie, but that's not a horror movie. So, yeah, there's definitely, like, witch movies out there, but not all, like, spooky, scary or anything like that. There is a woodpecker pecking on my fucking house right now. Nice. Oh my god, what a douche. I hate woodpeckers. Another pet peeve. Can you hear it? <laughs> yeah, yes. I can hear can something. Hear I can hear something, that's, yeah. That's fucking woody out there. Uh, that was loud. <laughs> like, right? I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's fucking woodpecker. Oh my so god, yeah. Slam. It's like someone's knocking on your freaking yeah, he's, door. He's gonna just, you're gonna have a hole in your house. What the fuck? Like, get out of here, Woody. All right, I think he might have left. But if you hear that noise, just know that this has been a weird fucking morning, you guys. But yeah, like Hocus Pocus, like that's a witch movie, but I would never choose it for this episode. Like I wanted to, you know, do you hate Hocus Pocus? I hate Hocus Pocus. (laughs) It's like soccer mom horror so bad. Sorry, I've already, I've, I've already made everybody hate me by saying I hate Halloween. So I I really don't mince words. Well, what do you think is the best hol- movie to represent the season? Um, Well, I will say this isn't my franchise at all. But, like, the only movie I will make it a point to watch on Halloween is Halloween. Like, in despite the fact that it was filmed in like 80 degree weather in California with spray painted leaves it still does feel like Halloween so that's that's probably the main one for me have you seen all of the sequels no I saw well well it depends on what you're talking about Lacey because uh, this has gone in so many fucking different directions and I I have a real problem with like the fandom of Halloween 
like there's a, there is a toxic fandom. Um, I'm not saying that everybody that's loves Halloween, but that, it is it's <laughs> notorious and it's kind of kind of known in our circles. But um, I watched the 2018 Halloween and I liked it. I didn't want to watch the second one because I'm like, well, why would I watch the second one when there's going to be a third one? That, you know, like, why would I watch something that didn't have a conclusion when I could watch them both at the same time? But then all the fanboys hated that last one. So I never even watched those last two. I'm like, fuck that, you know, <laughs> like I'm not going to get on the bandwagon. So prior to that, I have seen all of them and I'm not a huge fan. I think Michael Myers is kind of basic bitch. I really like Season of the Witch, part three. Um but again, that's not really, that doesn't feel super Halloween, except for the masks. Got you. Yeah, I was curious well, because I knew like you never watched Kills, so I didn't know if you ended up watching it or not. No, no. And I just, I think I've just got such a bad attitude about it. I'm, you know, and I just, it's that, it, it, and again, I don't know that I would hate the movies themselves because I don't really care about Michael Myers. So like some of the things that people have problems with, like I like Resurrection, Nobody likes that movie who likes the Halloween series because it's not a good Halloween series movie, but I don't care about the franchise, so I just liked it for what it was, you know? I don't think that I would like these other two because it's just, they're trying to trying to pander to the fans and they're not doing a very good job, or I, I don't know. I don't know. There's just too much surrounding all that weird bullshit well, with that said, Rebecca. <laughs> of course I picked I, the oldest movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why um, don't you uh, talk about that? So I am, I, I am not into witch movies. Like, I was trying to look at lists of witch movies and try to, well, first, you know, you just say witch movies. And it's like, okay, well, what witch movies do I like? Well, I hate the witch. Well, we've already talked about that anyway. Um but you are right. It, it, it's it's a little difficult to come up with one. But I'm like, well, all the ones that I like are atmospheric. And so I picked 1960s City of the Dead. This is the first Ancus movie, um, which is they were like the, um, I don't know, like the Samsung to uh, the Apple of Hammer Horror. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like Amicus and Hammer, like they were the big studios for horror in the 60s. This was their first foray into horror, spooky, whatever. It's not super scary. It's more atmospheric. So it centers around a young college student named Nan Barlow, um, who I really like the actress. I think that might be what kind of makes me remember this movie. I saw it at the drive-in a couple years ago, had never seen it before. And um, and I really, like, I found myself really into the the atmosphere of this town. She is a college student who's doing research on witchcraft. Um, she's doing, like, a paper or something, and Christopher Lee is her professor, and he tells her, hey, you know, you, you should go to this town and stay at this inn, and, you know, they, they actually burned this witch Elizabeth Selwyn there and blah, blah, blah. Um, which, you know, sounds like a great vacation time. Um, but it's it's creepy because she she does go there. And I mean, it's you like any normal person would have just turned back around like <laughs> instantly. But then you wouldn't have a movie. So, you know, she gets this strange uh, passenger. She for whatever reason, she picks up a hitchhiker fine gets to the town he's just gone goes to the inn and the lady who runs it is weird and she has this 
mute uh, servant. And it, it's just like all the way around, like, girl, just go turn around. This is stupid. Just go. <laughs> but she doesn't. So um, her uh, her boyfriend or no, I'm sorry, her brother doesn't really like he doesn't really like care or worry too much about her um, for whatever reason. But she she's just gone for a while and they don't hear from her. Um, and so some of those people go to town to this town to try to find her. Um, I won't I'd like I, well, I always say that. I won't give away spoilers. OK, well, one of the things I like about this is that you set it out as Nan being like your girl, like you're she's the one you get invested in. You know, she's likable and she's she's academic. I always have. Like, I'm always drawn to that a little bit. You know, people who are, like, actually, like, doing things with their college degrees and all that shit. But, um, but like, she actually ends up getting sacrificed, like, fairly early on. And that's what brings the other people there. So I, I liked that kind of, uh, like, that MacGuffin type thing. Like, you think you're supposed to get really invested in Nan, but she's not really the one who is going to be in the danger. So it just has this really nice gothic uh, feel. The um, the inn she stays at is really creepy. Um, there's only one other quote unquote normal person in town um, who is this girl who I don't know why she was okay, but it, it, the brother had to have a love interest. That's the only thing I can think of. But there's another girl in town who has like a little, a little book shop or whatever. Um, and so she borrows a book from her um, but there's, I feel like it, they tried to weave in some of the stuff with the Salem witch trials. Um, and I just, I, I like just, again, I'll just say it. I like the atmosphere. Uh, the ending is very, is kind of silly. Um, because, uh, basically the only thing that can defeat these, uh, witch ghosts, whatever the fuck they are are being in the shadow of a cross. So what do they do? They take their sacrifice out to a freaking graveyard that's full of crosses, right? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But um, I think it's kind of cool. The end is is a little bit iconic. Um, not like, you know, super iconic, but it is, a, it is the ending that people would probably remember most. But I just, I dig it. Um, yeah, all right. How many times have you seen it before this? I've, I've probably seen it like, I would say I've seen it like four or five times because then also, I, so I watched it at the drive-in. I think I watched it again. And then um, you guys know I love Rift Tracks, Mystery Science Theater, all that stuff. And then they ended up doing a, a version, like a Rift version of this movie. So I've probably seen that a few times. So I've seen it quite a few times. What about you, Carly? Um, yeah, I've never seen this before, and I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Um, but a little worried about it because it is an older movie, to be honest, going into it. You know, older movies can be hit or miss for me. They can be either really surprising or really boring. But um, to me, I actually was pleasantly surprised with this one. Um Thought it was a pretty simple story, but I, I agree with Rebecca. I like how you kind of set up that one girl who is a pretty good lead um, actress as being the main person. And then it kind of flips. And I believe this came out the same year as Psycho. So it's interesting because it gave me the same exact vibe 
a psycho where you think like this lady is going to be like your your main girl and then like she turns up you know something happens to her and then she's missing and then it's kind of focused on people trying to figure out what happened to her and find her so I thought that was definitely cool um and again like the atmosphere I agree is good in this I think um older films especially you know black and white like that just kind of builds atmosphere in and of itself um but just the setting and stuff like that it like almost it, you know it doesn't even look like real life but it, it's really cool it just feels very atmospheric um you know almost like a universal studios type movie or studios universal monsters type movie um so I thought that was cool uh but yeah I thought it was you know just a good basic little witch story and it was easy to watch and I think having good solid characters is what really kind of made it uh, again I thought the lead actress uh was great but you know I, I, I've noticed like in all these older movies too it's like yeah there's red flags all over the place and you're just acting like there isn't you're like oh this is this is normal this is fine everything's gonna be fine and clearly if you were a regular normal person you would run right away but you know, it's whatever. It's kind of just like a funny thing, especially with like movies of this time period, it seems like. But yeah, I liked it. It was it was a good pick. I kept thinking that Jamie picked this, which I think you said she was going to because it felt like her type of pick. So, uh, yeah, I guess you you old you old women be picking these old movies. Yeah. And the funny thing about Psycho, I never really thought about that. And then I just used MacGuffin, which is actually like Hitchcock's right. term that he came up with. Mm -hmm. um, from Psycho, but this movie was already in production before Psycho, so I, I didn't, I just read that in the trivia today, and I thought, oh yeah, it is, it does have a little, that same feel mm -hmm. of like, you know, you're, you're pretty blonde girls driving to this motel, and you think she's the one that you're supposed to be invested in, and she gets killed, so. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Very interesting. That happens a lot, too, where, like, the same type of movie kind of comes out the same right. way, with, like, the same right. themes, and it's like, they couldn't have ripped each other off, though, because they were both being made. At the same exactly. time period. Exactly. So, yeah. I like this. This was, this was a first time watch for me, too. And, like, the opening, as you guys know, like, I'm not big into, like, period pieces, as you know, from when Carly chose that fucking Snow White movie. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, I will, I will never forgive you for that, Carly. <laughs> um, so. Listen, I don't even like period pieces myself. So it's like, that was, that was very out of left field for me. But anyway, go on. <laughs> um but with this one so like it opens and it's like oh god is this like what this movie's gonna be i don't know if i can do this and luckily it fast forwarded into the future so i was like okay i'm in now and um i really did like the dynamic of you know her wanting to write this piece on witchcraft and like it basically like consumes her to where she goes to the place and, um, you know, it's pretty dark for the period of time that this film came out, right? Like, it always, like, amazes me when I'm watching these older movies when it has such dark subject matter, um, you know, because for some reason I always think that there were simpler times back then. So I, I really, you really have to give it up to the filmmakers that were doing these type of stories, you know, and just going really dark with things. And I just really appreciate that and love it. Um, I overall enjoyed this movie as well. It's not like probably like my cup of tea for uh, per se, because um, 
I mean, it's not like in my wheelhouse. So um, there were some interesting facts, though, that um, I'm going to talk about here. Originally, um, the movie, it's, the title was not actually what it was called. Um, um, it was released in Britain in 1960, um, but not released until September 1962 in the U.S., when it opened in Los Angeles and it was called Horror Hotel. So, well, which I always sounds, find that actually sounds so much more like an amicus or horror or hammer movie too. And I was, I'm kind of surprised that they changed it because city of the dead does not sound like that kind of movie, but horror hotel sounds totally like it's a hammer amicus movie. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, yeah. Cause like city of the dead, it kind of like sounds like it's going to be like a zombie movie. Yeah, when I was, like, looking this movie up, I had to double check and make sure I was, like, looking for the right movie. Because I was like, is this a zombie? I mean, you have City of the Living Dead, so it makes sense. But, yeah, right. and that makes more sense. Yeah, and that's why I, like, I, I put the uh, link to it. Because I didn't want everybody to think it was the City of the Living Dead. Which is not really witchy, but, yeah, it's totally a viable movie. <laughs> yeah, it, and this was actually written as a pilot for a horror television show series intended to star Boris Karloff that never got made. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder if Boris Karloff would have been uh, the Christopher Lee character, um, but it was never made. Yeah, awesome. that'd be my guess, because how else would you keep this going, you know? Like, unless you just had somebody who kept funneling people to this town. Because that was really his only, like, <laughs> his only function was, like, to be on the outside and bring people in. Yeah, like, Carly also said, like, um, she had never heard of the movie either. Neither had I. Like, I, like I said, I thought it was a zombie movie. But clearly, like, this is, like, a staple in the horror community because um, a part of the line spoken by Christopher Lee, uh, fear, superstition, and jealousy is used in the beginning of Rob Zombie's song, Dragula. Oh, I didn't even... Hmm. Yeah, the... Uh, it, it's been used, like, I mean, it's public domain, so, <laughs> but it's been used in a few movies, too. Like, it's been, you know, whenever people are like, you know what, let's not put the Night of the Living Dead on the TV. Let's find something else. Like, this has been in quite a few movies, I think. Yeah, it was also in um, scenes from the movie were used in the music video for Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter in 1990. That's cool. Um, yeah, and it was the first movie made by Amicus Productions, one of Hammer's most successful rivals in the 1960s and 70s. At the time of this movie, however, the company was known as Vulcan Productions. So, like, you really hit mm. the nail on the head with the Hammer thing, Rebecca, because that yeah. was their rival. So that's, yeah, that makes sense. And a Amicus, uh, they make, they made, like, towels from the cr crypt. crypt. They right? did a they did a lot of anthologies. Yeah, yeah, see, I've I've seen, I think, three of their anthologies, and I have enjoyed them. I feel like they're all ahead of their time, and I felt that way with this movie, too. Like, I'm not bored by it. Now, Hammer Horror, I am bored by, so I'm, I'm Team Amicus all the way. <laughs> also, um, scenes from the witch-burning scene at the beginning of the movie were used in the mockumentary Curse of the Blair Witch in 99. They also, um, so Amicus, like the one, I don't know, Carly, which anthologies you've seen, but um, the one that's called, I'm looking it up, Asylum, 
is one of my like earliest memories because it was played mm -hmm. on uh, my horror, like our late night horror host stuff whenever I was little. And there's like one segment where this chick is into voodoo and her husband and his lover kill her and they chop her up and put her in a freezer and wrap her up. Oh, and, like, yeah. All yeah, her pieces. I remember that. Yeah, like that freaked me the fuck out whenever I was a little kid. Yeah, they're they're actually scary. I, they are. I do like Asylum. I've seen that one. It's Yeah, they're all good, good little segments. Um, this was also the final film of uh, Betta St. John. Which, is, um, she, is she the old lady? She's the Selwyn or new or newless. <laughs> it was also the final film of Norman Mac Owen. Um, yeah. uh, the sacrifice dark bird Nan sees at the end is a common starling. Starlings are known for their mimi cry and tendency to travel in large noisy flocks but are generally not perceived as evil in nature the second sacrificial bird seen in is a white dove yeah and, yeah and i don't know a lot about any of that stuff but it does seem like they're like they did their research yeah oh and then um you mentioned psycho although similar to psycho a young blonde woman driving alone to a strange motel gets killed partway through the movie this is not a copycat as it was in production to psycho so you did mention that and then um yeah no i watched this um elvira i, I watched the elvira special of this because that's what was on Plex. oh so. i didn't I, I didn't know that there was one that's cool yeah so um it was it was funny because um uh elvira was like yeah there's more like her, one of her lines like cracked me up she was like yeah there's more fog in this movie than in the movie the fog and the fog remake so <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of fog in this movie um but yeah it was kind of fun like it, it created like an atmosphere and it felt kind of like halloweeny around this time because elvira was hosting you know so it was kind of cool yeah. cool. i've actually never uh, i've never i've never I've been, sorry i've never watched elvira it kind never nope hmm. yeah i never um, really watched any i never really watched any horror host shows growing up i kind of missed out on that yeah you're a little like it was pretty passe by the time you were right of age yeah like i never watched mm. joe bob or anything but like i don't know like how much witchcraft this actually felt like it kind of felt more like a cult um, but I guess witches and cults are kind of, like, coincide, right? Well, these are, like, witchy. They're, like, ghostly witches or something. Well, it, I don't, says, I don't that know. The, it says that the Raven's Inn proprietor, Mrs. Newless, who turns out to, in fact, be none other than the witch Elizabeth Selwyn, Selwyn. reincarnate. Selwyn, whatever. Has a phonetically reversible surname that points to her true character. Oh, sort of, this, yeah, but that—that's like one of those like uh, I don't know. They always pepper that shit into these type of movies. That there's always like something where, ooh, if you really pay attention, you'll know who the bad guy is. And it's like no, you don't even have to pay attention to know who the bad guy is in a movie like this. You don't have to make her name reversible. You think we think she's a good person? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, how, yeah, how but no, I. I, I liked it. Um, like it didn't have like 
because I'm not like super familiar with like the older films and like the burning of the witch. Like, you know, the stories, but like I've never really watched the older witch movies. Right. So like. I don't know. I was expecting like spells and shit like that. I don't know, because that's where I came <laughs> in in my day. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I think I think that's the thing that like the older witch movies all focused around like kind of uh, like Salem mm-hmm. and and like being resurrection and it, yeah being burned at the stake it, yeah that was kind of a thing and then you hit the 90s and it was more like women empowerment like it, it shifted yeah you're right you're right I've never seen the witches of Eastwick I almost picked that but I didn't because <laughs> I don't even I, know if that's like a true movie I don't know I feel like I, I saw that once I don't think it's really a horror movie it's uh it's another it, you know, it's another, like, almost practical magic. Just a basic witch movie. I don't remember it a whole lot, though. I feel like I would have been remiss if I didn't choose the film that I chose, though. Because the movie that I chose, I actually would, like, take to slumber parties and show all my friends. Because it is, like, that kind of movie, right? Like, I chose 1996, The Craft. Um, I adore this fucking movie. Um, did anybody else have anything else to say about the City of the Dead before we move on? No. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. the craft. Um, I this is came out the same year that Scream did. Nev Campbell and Skeet, like nice little reunion there. But I think this was actually filmed prior to Scream. Um, I think it came out prior to Scream too. But like I seen it after Scream, so that's weird. But um, no, I absolutely love this movie. I love the themes in it. I think that they really got, like, the stereotypical high schoolers perfectly in this movie. Um, you know, with the popular girl, um, you know, the new girl comes to school. Like, it, it's very formulaic for the 90s, but um, I, I I just love the feel. I love the soundtrack. Um, I love the spells in it. Um I don't, this movie is just a lot of fun. I'm curious what you guys say. Like, I'll talk more about it. But, um, Carly, what, uh, how many times have you seen this? Like, what do you think of it? I've seen it a, f- a few times. Um, and I like it. It's one that I always think, like, uh, like I, I don't really feel like popping on the craft, per se. But, you know, when I do watch it, I'm like, you know what? I do like this movie. And um, I like, yeah, I like these high school stories and that they actually are just like these kind of misfits and they're like into like witchcraft is kind of like their thing basically like I feel like you know they're they do, they're not very popular or anything they're kind of weird they all have their own like issues going on at home or just with their personal lives so it's kind of like witchcraft is what they turn to that's like all they have they want to that's their hobby and it's what they what they want to do to kind of make themselves above everyone else. So I think it's a cool concept. Um, I always felt like the movie kind of ran a little long. Like I feel like uh, by the final act, I'm kind of like over it a little bit, but I do, I, I do enjoy the progression. There's a lot going on here. Like I like seeing everyone's individual stories, like Faruza Balk and her uh, shitty family. And then they how they <laughs> inherit all that money. And then, buy you know that cool apartment which i would love to live in that apartment like at that age i'd be like oh this is so cool with this big old view um and stuff like that but uh you know nev campbell skeet good old skeet um it is cool to see them in this movie and yeah i do believe i i think this uh was made before scream which is interesting um 
what was I gonna say? Uh, there's little little thing like the girl, you know, she's like, oh, I, I slipped my wrist, and Nev Campbell's like, oh wow, you even did it the right way. That kind of, that almost seems like ahead of its time. I feel like because I feel like I don't know, you you didn't really see that type of you know suicide attempt and people always say oh you slit your wrist one way it's for attention you slit it the other way it's like to actually kill yourself so that was like that's always been interesting to me that 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 gets said in like a 90s movie but uh what else was I going to say I lost my train of thought I was going to talk about the main girl Nancy or Robin um which, wait, I get all the characters. No, the, the one that moves. Sarah. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, Robin that? Tooney, right? Yeah. Sure, I don't know the people's okay. names. What, what I was going to say, I forget what I was going to say. Huh. Anyway, I mean, I like the movie. It's good. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Come back to me. I, I completely lost my train of thought. Rebecca, you talk now. This movie, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I am not into witch stuff. I really am not. Um, there, this movie is, it's, it's a good movie. Okay. I've just never really liked it. And I think it kind of started because it did come out in 96. You guys were a lot younger. Um, I was in college and like anything that had to do with like pipsqueak high school kids, I was just not into like, I didn't even see Scream until like a couple years later. Um, I was just really anti that whole like big budget high school. I, I'm, you know, I've just I've got so many problems kind of movie whenever I was that age. Um, I watched it not that long ago. Rob put it on not that long ago. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to kind of actually pay a little more attention. And I did enjoy it um, a lot more. Um, as an adult, um, I do like Robin Tooney's Tunny, however the hell you say her name. I like her character. Um, but I think that my main problem with this movie is, man, I don't know. I cannot stand that Feruza bulk. I really can't. I know everybody fucking loves her, but like, she's just so over the top and they've made her character so like, I don't know, so stereotypical, like that I just, I, I can't get past her, but I do like that they have, each of the girls have their own issues. Um, it starts out as kind of fun and it, it gets a lot darker as time goes on, which I think is kind of how it would go, especially in the hands of younger people, um, that these powers might, you know, th that's the natural progression. Um, but yeah, I just never have been like a big fan of this movie, but I know it's more of my poo-poo and not the actual movie itself. Um, so objectively, I think it's a good movie, but it isn't a movie that I tend to watch. I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say I hate that she put wants Skeet to like fall in love with her after he completely embarrasses her in school. Right. I think, that, I think yeah. that's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, like I just wanted him well, to love me. I'd want to. I'd put a spell to like murder him. That's what mm -hmm. I would do. Like, you didn't want to go home with him in the first place. What did you think was going to fucking happen? Right. And then I just hate that, um, like, in general. You see that in, like, several, like other movies, too, where it's like, oh, I want that. I'm going to put a spell on them to make them fall in love with me. Like, I would never want that. Because then it's like, I know they don't actually like me. They're obsessed with me and being really annoying now. But it's not because they think I'm pretty or cool or anything. It's because I made them this way. 
So. Right. And, and, and exactly that. Like, I don't want anybody like following me around or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like doing my, holding my books for me. And well, actually I do. I, that would be cool. But yeah, just like being like a, my slave, essentially. I don't, I don't want that. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I, like I picked up on that yesterday as well. Um, because, well, I mean, the interesting premise is like whatever they put back comes back times three, right? So her wanting him like on the opposite end, like he wanted to fuck her and now like he's like going to rape her. Like, so it gets like really fucking dark, right? Like yeah. he starts like stalking her and yeah. So um, it, it the movie is like really fucking dark. Like um, I can quote the whole thing because I've seen it so fucking many times. This is just like um, I know it's not Rebecca's thing, but this is like definitely my thing. Um, you know, I used to do like scenes from this movie. Like I would try to call the corners by myself. Um, but like and like when I didn't <laughs> like somebody at school, I'm gonna embarrassedly admit this right now. When I didn't like somebody, like or somebody who was mean to me. Like, and I had a picture of them. I would take the picture and, like, wrap some ribbon around it and say, I bind you from doing harm. (laughs) I literally fucking, I I literally did that. (laughs) Because some people were just bitches. But, yeah. Um, I was a little weirdo, I guess. Um, But, hey, we are the weirdos, mister. Um, Like, I love, uh, do you guys ever play light as a fingerstip, light as a feather stip as a board? You know, I didn't. I never did that one. No? Ironically, like, so I was thinking about this last night, actually. Um, I played it a lot. And it was weird. Like, it really, like, we lifted bitches. And it it's like, they like <laughs> we're just, like, little kids, you know? But, like, we're, like, literally holding them with just, like, and there's, like, four or five of us just li- holding this fucking young child up. I mean, that's how old we were. We're, like, nine, ten years old, right? And literally, like the four or five of us could just lift a person with our fucking forefingers. It was kind of crazy. Like, I mean, nobody fucking floated, but like we could literally like lift them up. So it was kind of cool. There was also another game that we would play called um, the Sandman. Did you guys ever play that one? Mm-mm. Like, so like you, like, so like somebody would like lay down and like everybody sits like at a section. So somebody's at an arm, somebody's at another arm, somebody's at a leg, somebody's at a leg. And then somebody's at the head. And you're, like, rubbing the temples of this person and, like, they have to focus, right? And so, like, you're rubbing the temples. And, like, I was always a storyteller rubbing the temples because I'm really fucking creative and good at it. So, like, you would tell a story. So, like, for example, like, say, like, Rebecca, you're, like, laying there and I'm, like, rubbing your temples and, like, you're focusing on just what I'm saying, right? So I would be, like, Rebecca, um, you you are sitting there watch pretend or imagine that you were sitting there watching a movie and uh you're watching um city of the dead (laughs) and um you're watching city of the dead and all of a sudden you hear a strange noise outside so you get up and you go outside and you see this man just standing there and he's wearing a hat but you can't see his face and a dark cloak and you go and you're kind of frozen in fear. So you turn to run as he comes like running at you and you're trying to get back into your house, but all of a sudden the door is suddenly locked and all of a sudden you feel a thud on the back of your head 
you wake up and you are tied to a bed and you can't move and you can't scream. And all of a sudden you see that this man has slid open your arm and starts to fill it with sand and he zips you back up. He slits open your other arm and fills it with sand and zips you back and sews you back up. He then proceeds to move to your legs and does the same, fills your left leg with sand and sews you back up, goes to your right leg, puts sand in it and sews you back up. You have now heard the story of the Sandman, now rise. So like when that happens um, and they try to rise, like because you're so focused on the story and your body is like really heavy and you rise, you can't rise. Like it's it's like a mental thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. You've just gotten your temples rubbed for like 15 minutes and you're totally like, yeah. A sack of potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was like another one that we would do and it's like the temples rub, but it's called like cat scratch. And like, but instead of the stand man, you tell a story about a cat like scratching you and then like you like lift up and then you have like scratches all over your back when you get up. Hmm. That sounds like some demon shit. (laughs) I don't think that was, I don't think that's supposed to happen. My slumber parties were dope, okay? (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah. Like, so if we if we if we ever do a live slumber party, we're going to fucking do this shit. <laughs> like, oh hell so yeah! Just, so just so you all know, we will do like a whole live event of it and make it totally like the craft. We'll go yeah, call yeah. the fucking corners, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, like it was. I was a little weirdo, I guess. I don't know, but. I just think that was fun. And so it was fun to see it in this movie. Um, I can quote this whole fucking thing. Dan's like, baby, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, let's watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie actually won um, MTV Movie Awards Best Fight Scene between Feruska and uh, Sarah, uh, Robin Tooney. It won Best Fight Scene. So I think that was cool. Hmm. Um, I Like, I love the 90s MTV Movie Awards. There was just, like, no better time for MTV besides, like, the 80s. But for me, like, that's where it was at, you know, the MTV Movie Awards. Now they suck. But, yeah. Um. So, do you guys want to hear some fun facts about this movie? Sure. Okay. Um, an official website for the film said, The crew had to return to the location a second time to complete filming interrupted by several weird occurrences that caused... Witch consultant Pat Devin to raise an eyebrow. As the fog rolled in at midnight, the four actresses used actual Wiccan rites and language to invoke powerful forces. Then, as Feruska Balk's character Nancy attempts to invoke the deity Manon, a flock of bats hoovered over the set and the tide rose dramatically, extinguishing the circle of candles. Witchcraft consultant Devin recalls that Manon, a fictitious creation for the film sounds very close to Mananin, the Galaic god of the sea. Luckily, we weren't all swept to sea. Director Andrew Fleming is quoted, every time the girls started the ceremony and only when they would start the ceremony, the waves would start coming up tremendously fast, pounding heavily. Then right when Nancy says her line, Manon, fill me, right at that exact moment, we lost power and it was a very strange thing. I love when they have, like, facts like that, like, on set. Um, 
I just always find that shit like super interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Rachel True didn't find out that Rochelle's subplot had been changed until after she was cast. She was initially unsure about the racially charged bullying, but years later she felt it was important that the film included it. Like it, like that's a dark moment in the film for sure. Um, all of the teen actresses were in their 20s at the time of filming. Rachel True was almost 30 years old. Um, Not a big surprise. I, I, yeah. I, I know. It's, um, I did know this fact, though, um, prior to, like, looking this stuff up. I did know that, uh, and you can kind of tell, but Rachel, or um, Robin Tooney, um, she's actually wearing a wig this entire movie. Like, you can kind of tell uh, because she had just got done filming Empire Records where she shaves her head. Mm. So, like, when you when she changes her hair from auburn to blonde, you can so see that that's a fucking wig anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but, like, it made it, it makes for a fun fact in the movie, I thought. Um, what else we got here? Okay. There were plans to release a direct-to-DVD sequel focusing on Nancy. These plans were dropped for unknown reasons. Um, They did come out with The Craft Legacy, and it's pretty atrocious. Um, She's in it briefly. Um, Spoiler. Um, Yeah. Oh, um, a cool fact um, from Peruska Balk. I know you're not the biggest thing. Um... While researching the craft, Feruska Balk became familiar with Parpipe's magical marketplace in Hollywood, eventually buying the store and continuing to operate it until 2001 when she sold it to two other people whom she had brought in as managers after her own purchase in 95. So I wonder if she like actually like studied the occult. Did you guys ever do like spells or anything like that? No, or I've never be- been in- Yeah, I've never been into that. I've always, like, wanted to, and I've looked through, like, spell books, and I'm just like, this looks like a lot of work. I don't feel like doing <laughs> So I've never actually done anything, but I've always been, like, interested. I'd be a witch, but I just don't want to put the time into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's like, it's like, cut, you know, cut your arm this way and bleed all over the place and then go get a cup of salt and, and some wine. And I'm like, I don't have all these ingredients, and I don't feel like slitting my wrist today. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and then the last one back here in 2017, Andrew Fleming, uh, stated that Charmed ripped off this film. Fleming revealed that he wrote a pilot based on the movie for Fox in which the WB was also strongly interested and that it was his idea to have how soon is now as its title theme. The pilot was not picked up in the following year. Charmed premiered. Furthermore, Robin Tooney stated the ripoff was completely obvious to the point that people would think I was on Charmed for years after. Well, because obviously, like, they used that song in the um, in this film and then they used it as the theme song for Charmed as well. Yeah. So and I, and this last time that I watched it, I was like thinking, oh, I'm like, oh, they ripped off Charmed. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I looked it up and I'm like, oh, no, Charmed came out way like after this. Like, oh, Charmed ripped them up. I love Charmed, though, by the way. I don't like witchy stuff. I love Charmed. Did you watch it at all? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I only got to, like, season two, like, because, like, when I found out, like, a certain character dies, I was like, 
I don't want that to happen. No, I I like it better. I like it better whenever Rose McGowan is the third. Um, yeah. I'm, I've never been a big Shannon Doherty fan. Um, so I think that might be part of it. But I think that they they get a lot better dynamic with Rose McGowan, too. Like, and, and I mean, it's, it's, you know, it was like two years with her or whatever. And then like the rest of the show was the three of them. So they had more of a, like a solidified kind of chemistry, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I never got that far, but uh, maybe I'll have to go back and rewatch. Um, I have met Holly Marie Combs and she's a sweetheart. And so is uh, Brian Krause who played the white lighter. Um, they're both very sweet people. Um, yeah, no, I've actually met um, Rachel True, uh, Nev Campbell, and Skeet Ulrich, who were in the craft, um, and watched a, um, they did a, uh, they showed the craft at, like, I think it was Horror Hound a few years back, and so that was cool to get to see them talk about it prior to the movie screening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I will still show it like to people if they like anytime anybody asks me for which movie this would be my recommendation because it feels like a witch movie to me. But that's just my take. Um, I guess everybody has like a different variation of what they believe witches to be like. So, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so this is this was my point of reference, I guess. Um, and then obviously Charm did come out after, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so does anybody else have anything they want to add to the craft? No, it it is just interesting how there are different witch movies. Like you got the Salem-based ones, you got the this like 90s slew where it's like, you know, teenagers in high school or college or whatever. And then you also have like the psychological ones, which I would say like kind of hellbender and pie whack it or more like dark toned psychology. So it's like interesting like which movies are very diverse yeah like well i do want to say that like this movie is like highly quotable and like dan like was never really familiar with it but he watched it with me last night and he literally just busts up laughing when the fucking homeless guy in my dream you were dead like you just see his body like fucking <laughs> like tumble through no like I would quote it, like, because it's pretty early on in the movie, like, when he just comes into their house after they get there. That house was fucking huge, by the way. Like, how wealthy were they? And, like, Nancy's just trailer trash. Um, Fucking, he goes, like, or the fucking homeless guy comes in with the fucking snake. He goes, relax. What's the matter with you? Relax. I don't know. It's just fucking funny to me. And then another funny moment is when Nancy, they get that money and the mom has a Connie Francis jukebox and she's like sitting on the couch, like talking and like you see Nancy behind her and she acts like she has like a shotgun and blows from all away. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's just like little moments like that, that make this movie all the more amazing. And the last thing I quote, like, so like when I get annoyed with somebody, <laughs> like um, I always say like Christine Taylor does after um, Sarah takes the hair and she's like, I thought I saw a bug. And, she, and then Christine Taylor just goes, stupid bitch. So, like, whenever, like, somebody pisses me off, I'll, I'll say it just like that. Stupid bitch. <laughs> I know, I'm fucking ridiculous. But that's my take on the craft, you guys. Oh, and The race is crazy, too, by uh, Christine Taylor. Yeah. Like, I could even, she, like, I don't care what time period it is. I'd never be, like, 
you know, making some, you know, just, I'd be afraid right. to get my ass kicked. Like, she could have kicked her ass for sure, but then, yeah. like, yeah. And I, I liked how, like, when they do come into the power, you kind of see, like, their personalities change. Like, mm-hmm. Nev Campbell, like, it, like an emotional moment with her scars, right? And she's like, take my scars. And then she just becomes this raging bitch. And that that was, like, a kind of cool change to see Nev change from, you know, being kind of, like, the victim to being kind of a mean girl. Um, you don't really ever get to see her play that character. So I thought she did a good job of switching her dynamic. Yeah. And then you see, like, she when she first walks into class and she has her hair pulled back and, like, a more revealing top on. And then suddenly everyone's like, oh, like, they're all, like, looking at her, like, all funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's a shame that, uh, but like, it's actually, that actually is, like, the reality. Like, when you're in school, it's like, oh, they're ugly. And then, you know, some, they have, some, like, an imperfection fix. And it's like, oh, now they're hot. Right. Um, it it always reminds me of, it was parodied and not another teen movie. Have you guys seen that yeah, movie? Yeah. Where, it's like, many times. where he's supposed to, like, be, he's like, okay, you got to pick somebody to go to prom. It's like, there's, like, the conjoined twins. He's like, yeah, they're still kind of hot. But then it's like. The one girl comes by and it's like, ew, she's got on glasses and she's wearing a and ponytail a and overall. It's like, ew. Yeah, it's like, I, I they, love that whole thing is like, oh my God, she's a totally different person now. <laughs> As we will discuss in Teen Witch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say one more thing, but I don't remember now. Oh, no, there's a lot of iconic shots in this movie. Like, when they're walking in the hallway, like, obviously, like, Mean Girls and Jawbreaker followed suit with that as well. Like, it's kind of like from Heather's, you know, like that era. Um, When they are calling the corners, like, that's an iconic shot. When she's walking on the water, like, that scene's creepy. Like, that scene is creepy. Um, And then, like, obviously, like, when she's, like, in the insane asylum at the end, and I'm like, I'm flying. Like, she's making weird fucking noises. Like, it's kind of awesome. But, yeah, um, I thoroughly enjoy this movie, if you can't tell. So, yeah, that'll do it for the craft. Carly, why don't you tell us your pick? All right. So, I went with The Woods from 2006. Um And I picked this one just because I feel like I never really have heard anyone talk about it. And also, it's a Lucky McKee film, who, of course, made May, uh, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, So I thought it'd just be kind of interesting to bring it to the table. I'd only seen it once before, and I liked it. So I thought, like, hey, that's a kind of a unique, different one that no one really ever says much about. So why not? Um, and yeah, I just, I like this one. I like the whole, you know, she kind of gets sent to this boarding school by her parents because they've, they're just kind of, they kind of want her out of their hair, essentially. And, um, you know, of course, it's a typical story. She's not really fitting in at the school. She's trying to act like a hard ass. But then you also have like this bully that keeps calling her fire crotch, which is said way too many times throughout the movie. Um and then it's obvious that the school, there's something, like, spooky kind of going on, but no one really knows, like, what? And she's trying to get to the bottom of it, and she knows something's wrong. So I just like it. It feels like, it feels, you know, it doesn't feel like the most unique. It kind of feels like a hybrid of, like, Suspiria. And it also reminds me of, like, Harry Potter, just, like, with the 
weird school setting and it's like things aren't what it seems and then uh again like the craft because it's like young people in a school setting so it's definitely like a big uh mix of all these different movies that we've definitely seen before but i just think it's like kind of a cool little thing and i i tend to like these movies that are set in the sort of either boarding school or college or just you know you're at a school away from home like away from your parents and all your old friends and stuff and it, you already feel out of place and then something fucking weird's going on at the same time i've always liked that because it, it's it would be a nightmare for me like i've never had any interest in going away to school or college or anywhere uh where i couldn't easily flock to people I already know because I'm just very shy and awkward and I feel like I always felt like I wouldn't fit in so when I see it in movies I'm always like I can empathize with these people this would suck and then you can have like a bunch of witchy shit going on uh, as well so yeah I'm curious if you guys have even seen this movie before or like it or any of that stuff I had seen it one time and whenever I saw that come up, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. I remembered Patricia Clarkson and I remember Girls in a Boarding School. And that was it. Mm. And I was like, and then when I looked it up, I'm like, wait, it was Lucky McKee. OK, like, why don't I remember this? But when I watched it, like whenever the blonde girl spills the milk the first time, it all kind of came back to me. Um, but this is this is good. And really. Carly, you said Suspiria. That's kind of what this makes me think of. Like, the, the girl at the boarding school with a bunch of witches. Like, yeah. it, it, it's kind of a genre, and I, I like that genre. Um, but this movie was cool. Uh, I liked all the characters. Um, I really like the main girl. Uh, I don't like the Samantha girl, but I, I still, on this watch, though, I'm, like, still confused as to what her motive of being such a bitch was i i know she was trying to get it to where the main girl would leave but the thing is the main girl wasn't there on her own accord like she right. had to be there so like what what could you what are you doing to make her leave like obviously even if she gets in a fight or whatever she's not going to get kicked out because her parents are paying tuition for this place so i didn't quite get that and i didn't understand why she had her little mean girl crew um <laughs> But uh, all in all, this was a, a, pretty, a pretty solid movie. Um, yeah, what what do you guys think about that? This The Samantha thing. That's the only thing that at the end of it all kind of bugged me. That, like, then she's, like, been an ally the whole time, but she's been a total bitch. But it doesn't really seem like her being a bitch was going to take care of anything. Yeah, I, well, got, I, yeah, guess... I do agree. Sorry, Lacey, you could go. Uh, no, I guess that, like, according to, like, one of the fun facts, um, there were subtle hints early on that Samantha may be, in fact, be an ally to her. Twice she spills the girl's milk seemingly as an act of aggression, but by not drinking the milk, Heather and Marcy would not be sedated and taken during the night. Right, and I got that. It's just the whole thing of why is she, why is she being mean to her? Like, what does she think that's going to accomplish? Because obviously she's trying to get her out of the school. And I mean, yeah, that that obviously she doesn't want them to get taken or whatever. But it's I don't understand how her being mean is going to get her get this girl out of the school and safe. I, I don't know. <laughs> like fucking dip, right? <laughs> um, it might be because she's trying to, you know, not make her make it obvious that she's trying to do that to like anyone else at the school. So she's like, I'm just going to play the bully character. 
trying to trick the witches, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can really come up with. Yeah, but it is, it is okay. quite the big turn when all of a sudden she's just like, you know, given the exposition, she's like, there's all this stuff going on here. I'd be like, you called me fire crotch, leave me alone. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, you. like, bitch, you, you can play me aside. You could have pulled mm-hmm. me aside at any given point and told me this information. Right. And now you're just now. Like, maybe had you told me, like, a week ago, I w- could have done something about it. Like, right. yeah. Yeah, she's just misguided, I think. She had good intentions. She's just a teenager. What the fuck she's doing? There we go. <laughs> yeah, it works. This was a... This was a second time watch for me. Um, I was like, I didn't remember like anything of it aside from like Bruce Campbell being in it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There, there were so many um, times that they said fire crotch in this. Like I said, you could literally play a drinking game to it. I didn't like it's supposed to be like 1965. Like, did people really say things like fire crotch? See, like, I, see, I, I, I'm I, I can't like imagine that. that that wouldn't have been that that would have been a thing, but maybe right? it was. I don't know. No. Yeah, that's actually something like I forgot that it was supposed to be set like that long ago until the movie opened and it literally it, like says the time frame and I'm like, huh, you know, that's one kind of flaw to the film. It feels very much like 2006. Yeah, and that like, it, it is a yeah. weird thing. Like, if it weren't for the little, like, she has to have the little transistor radio, like, that's their own entertainment, it really would be, like, time period agnostic. Mm-hmm. That's about the only thing that really makes it seem, it, you know, the music they're listening to and how they're listening to it is the only thing that really makes it seem like it's the 60s. Like, the, otherwise, like, the one girl's, like, just, like, Regina-ing the whole fucking thing, and you just think you're watching, like, a Mean Girls with Witches most of the time. <laughs> Like, I just want to spend, like, a day in each decade just to see how people were. Like, it's funny because, like, when we watch, like, older films, like, that's, like, my only point of reference. So I think, like, everybody was rich and, like, had bar carts and, like, mm-hmm. had, like, a glass of whiskey, like, every night. Like, that was, like, my point of reference. And everybody had nice houses and they're all And everybody proper, like, wore, I- like, perfect outfits all day and all night like even like till the moment they went to bed i'm like did these people ever put on pajamas just at like seven o'clock to watch tv my fucking god very uh, <laughs> silk robe oh right 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 yes yeah, so you had to have like 12 layers of night clothing <laughs> and it really is like you're rich or you're poor there's no in between like in the craft they're buying that nice house and then but then you have Farooza Bulk's character going home to white trash like parents it seems but like there's no in between okay but Carly I've I've said this before and now it, I, maybe this has been a theme throughout I don't know throughout history and horror I said before like I'm not scared of anything happening to me because I'm totally like like lower middle class like, because everything bad happens to either the really rich people or the really poor people. You're either living in a tenement or you're living in a mansion, and that's when you get haunted. Nobody in between <laughs> ever gets anything, right? So maybe this has just been a maybe it's just been a thing in cinema the whole time. Yeah, like, good, I, good point. Middle child syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Nothing ever just, happens to me. I never get haunted. Right. <laughs> Like, I just find it so hard to, like, picture, like, somebody, like, like, you go to Walmart and you see people, you know, like, I'm trying hard to, like, find somebody that, like, looks like that in the 1950s. Like, I mean, 
aside from like you have like they're they have like homeless people in these movies but even like the homeless people have nicer clothes than the homeless people i see today yeah mm-hmm. or yeah, they're like way they have, overdone like, like they're way like they make them way too vagranty right <laughs> like ah, so like it would just be really interesting to like see how like time was in color and fucking 1950 i don't know mm-hmm. um a- another thing with this like i will say in defense of this movie like the fire crotch thing yeah i can't imagine that they would have said that but i do know that like did you guys ever watch deadwood on hbo it was like the first really expensive uh series that a cable channel did so it didn't it they it phased out like after like two or three years because it was just too expensive you know now we have a million of them but it was kind of the the forerunner it took place in the old west well it was like all these you know these uh prostitutes and you know ruffians and you know the 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 dregs of society um and so they would be cussing and everything else but the thing is they couldn't use the words that the people would have used back then because it wouldn't have had any impact on us would have been like, oh golly gee, I like I don't know those are the words, but whatever cuss words they used back then aren't cuss words anymore, and it wouldn't give us that visceral thing. So they would say like fuck, like the, the f bomb was like all over the place when that isn't even a word that would have been used. So I wonder if the whole fire crutch thing is the same kind of thing. Like they just wanted to use something that would resonate with the modern audience instead of trying to pick something because you know the probably whatever they would come up with in the 60s we would be like oh big deal just punch the girl in the face and we'll move on you know it's a cocksucker a lot too (laughs) (laughs) yeah he said they said cocksucker a lot too yeah that 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 show was just like terrible but i remember reading that that they they were like we need to get the modern audience to have the reaction to the way these people they would have if they'd been back then so you have to kind of change things up i don't know anybody alive in 1965 did you say fire crotch to redheads eh, you know i did <laughs> screw you red pubic hair haver <laughs> um no another thing with this movie um fucking the fucking teacher when she comes in and like she's like tardy and she just like flips the fuck out on her I'm like, I feel like, like it's bro. It's so exciting. And like, she's so offended that she was trying to tuck her shirt back in. I'm like, I was just bullied by these bitches in the bathroom. Like, be thankful I'm fucking here at all. And like, she's I hate that. like, it's just like extreme. Like, and I hate, I hate that in movies too. Like, that's such a common thing. It's like you get bullied or something completely out of your control happens. And then you go to class and the teacher is a complete cunt or whatever and then the kid never said they're just like "Mm, sorry i'd be like no this bitch had me locked in the bathroom stall and she was like being really mean to me and stuff like i would i would just start going off like but in the movies it's always just like i'm so like it's what was me i'm sorry i'll just go to the principal's office how did i not oh i'm sorry go ahead carly i was just gonna say i guess you wouldn't have like an entertaining movie at that point but anyway yeah, um, I was going to say, how did I not recognize that Angela uh, Betis or Bettis was in this movie? Well, because she's just the voice, right? Because I was confused. I was like, who the fuck is she in this movie? Because I saw in the trivia that, like, you know, Angela Bettis is in it. And I was like, what? But she's, like, the voice, right? She's never in it, in it. Mm. I, I don't think. Say, like, 
who the fuck was she in it? Because, it, yeah, so apparently this was her and Patricia Clarkson's second film together. They played mother and daughter in the television adaptation of Stephen King's Carrie. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that she was in this because I was even going to say it's interesting because Patricia Clarkson was in that Carrie and then Angela Bettis was in Carrie and they both did a Lucky McKee movie. But I didn't realize they were both. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know she yeah. did the voice in this. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I guess this is the third time that Agnes Buckner Bruckner has played a character named Heather. We don't have our Heather for almost love right. this day. So but we have, we've got our surrogate Heather. <laughs> right. We need our fourth. <laughs> um, I guess this movie is littered with Evil Dead and Army of Darkness references. Yeah, sometimes that got on my nerves a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, it didn't when I watched it before, but, like, now that Bruce Campbell is kind of everywhere, like, there was a lot of, like, Evil Dead stuff that just got thrown in that I think was just, like, pandering. I find Bruce Campbell, I'm sorry, I just find him overrated. And I do, f- and, and it's for that reason. I feel like people would just, like, blow Evil Dead and his, and Ash and all that. And people were just like, oh, Bruce Campbell, we gotta always make reference to Ash and everything he's in. It's just really annoying to me. Yeah, and this was early on, because I think, I remember his like comeback or whatever was Bubba Hotep, which was sometime in the early 2000s. It was a few years before this, but this was still kind of early on before he just ended up being in everything. But now whenever he's in something, everybody has to put in a ton of evil dead references and it's really annoying. So it's not the fault of this movie per se. Mm -hmm. It's now it's just, he's kind of oversaturated, I think. I think the most um, interesting fact here in the last one that I'll read um, is this film, it sat on a shelf for nearly three years, which caused M. Night Shyamalan to have to change the name of his 2004 film from The Woods to The Village. Oh, oh darn. Wow. And it wouldn't have made it any better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shucks. laughs> and that's, a, that's, a, that's a movie. Uh, that's a whole other movie. Hmm. I feel like this movie had the happiest ending. Yeah. Like out of the three we watched, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that at least, like, the person that we start with, we kind of get, yeah, kind of get to follow them and they get to come out the other side, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like she saved people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're all walking out together. I don't know, unless I read that wrong. Yeah, I felt like she was the hero of this. Yeah. I mean, none of these had the greatest of endings, like as far as, you know, like, yay, raw uplifting. But yeah, probably this one would have the best of that. Well, is there anything else you ladies want to add to the woods? Fire crotch. Okay. Fire crotch. I had to do it one more time. Fire crotch. Firebush. I was going to cook up chicken. Rob's going to cook chicken. All right. Make <laughs> a dinner plans. Well, should we um, vote on which of these witch films represents best witch films? <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. little different which of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... 
I don't know which one to eliminate first. Um, like, because I feel like it's like it's it, like I said earlier, it's it's kind of unique because they're all through different periods of time, and I think they all kind of like cater to like each of our strengths for the ones that we picked, you know, for the era. Um, like you have the classic kind of witch story with City of the Dead. You have the emo '90s. Uh, with the craft, and then you have the 2006 that wanted to be, like, in 2006, but keep somewhat of a classic tale as well. So, I don't know how to do this. Um, I don't because... I don't either, yeah, because these are three completely different movies. Like, if I had to go in enjoyability, I would probably go City of the Dead would be my top one. Obviously, I picked it for a reason. But then... Uh, the woods and then the craft, but I know that's not how probably you guys are going to pick. <laughs> yeah, I would like, I mean, I would probably more apt to throw on the woods over city of the dead. Um, so I would probably eliminate city of the dead, even though like it's classic and like iconic, it's been used and everything. So, but like if I'm going on enjoyability, I would eliminate it. If I'm going on iconic, status that I didn't know was iconic. Like, I don't know if it's fair for me to vote for it just based on that merit, but um, what do you think, Carly? Yeah, this this is tough with just, like, over three picks. Um, it'd be interesting to have the other girls' picks, too, but, like, uh, I think... So if I had to rank them uh, for, like, my, what I would probably watch, it would probably go The Craft, The Woods, and then city of the dead but i do think like city of the dead is a very well made movie it might even be the like it might even be the top of like quality wise and filmmaking out of these three but it's ugh, it's hard because it's like enjoyability versus like quality of film yeah like how are you voting rebecca are you avoiding I, voting I on enjoyability go. Um, enjoyability and probably, yeah, probably enjoyability because the craft is in the bottom for me because of the enjoyability thing. Um, but even if I had to go by the objectively, what was objectively the better film, I would say I would go City of the Dead top and then The Woods and then The Craft. The Craft is, it's fun and it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's very much like a product of its time. It's very, you know, it's very teeny bopper or whatever. It's not exactly as high cinema as the other two. I don't know. I feel like it has a lot of iconic shots, though. Well, yeah, like, it is. It's iconic. I just mean it's a little more, like, flippant. You know, the, the kids are a little more flippant, and it's a little more, I don't know. That's, I, I don't really have much to go on, because I I don't know which way we should vote on this. <laughs> so I think, the, I think the woods is in the middle. That's kind of. I, th I think, yeah, probably the woods would be in the middle-ish. And it is okay. City of the Dead can go at the bottom. I, I picked the old movies just to give everybody exposure, but I know they don't always hold up. And I know The Craft is everybody's beloved freaking movie. Shut <laughs> up. I think, I mean, I think Shut The Craft, like, if, you know, not just with even us talking, but I think everyone would, most, a lot of people would probably, the majority vote would be The Craft is more rewatchable because it's like more yeah. of like the fun ride of a movie where city of the dead is kind of more of an atmospheric movie that you would put on 
at Halloween time, I feel like, where the craft, I feel like people could watch all the time. So that would probably be my argument there. Yeah, and it did kind of set, I don't know that it was the first one in the, uh, like, regeneration of which movies, but it did really change the way that which movies were made. Like, it took a different turn, and that's, and it, it did start a trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would obviously go The Craft first, The Woods second, and City of the Dead third. So, yeah. Carly, it's up to you. Yeah, I have. I would have the same ranking as Lacey. So I think The Craft would be our winner. If we just pretend have- Rebecca, if we pretend Rebecca's not here, The Craft is our winner. No, it, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with all that. It's nice when it's easy, but that was not easy. That I think that was our hardest debate. You know, well, because we had three, we had three good movies. We didn't have any like real clunkers out there. (laughs) That's what makes it. Yeah, like I feel like we didn't have a Jaws: The Revenge. (laughs) Right, like they all represented the era, and I think the other two films that were in here represented that post era as well. So it would have been interesting to choose those but um i still would have picked the crap out of all of them <laughs> so um but i, I have a feeling Piwak it might have won but yeah to be honest yeah. if Piwak, if we would have included that that would have been my number one i've come to find that i really enjoy Piwak it but it's not I here love- so. I, yeah um but that's okay um the craft wins yay that means i win um <laughs> All right, when we come back, we will be talking about another witch film. It wasn't horror, but I feel like, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. When we return, we'll be chatting. Top that, Teen Witch. High school. It's supposed to be the time of your life. Louise Miller, high school was a living hell. From her first secret love. I could just die. To her first blind date. Nobody wants to date you because you're a dog. A dog! A dog! I'm David, Miranda's cousin. Ready? My life is a walking, talking tragedy. Give me some soul kisses, baby! I wish you would just leave me alone! But just when nothing more could possibly go wrong, Which? Something wonderful went right. Now she's possessed with special powers. You can make anything happen. That are simply bewitching. She can make her worst teacher hot. I will never be hit. And her best friend cool. Girl. You have the power to make anything you want happen. Can I make him love me? Love you? With me being your coach, he's gonna become your love slave. Everybody dreams, but Louisa's dreams all come true. 
Astroth, Barbas, Tetragrammaton, Theos, Ishnos, Athetos. What? It's uh, a new U2 song. Team Witch. Winning is a magical feeling. And welcome back to our feature presentation. We have quite the fun one from the 80s, Teen Witch. Um, I picked this movie because I've been wanting to do it on this show for a very fucking long time. Because I feel like it's the perfect fucking movie to do on this show. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if you guys have. I don't, I don't think Rebecca had ever seen this movie. I'm not sure if Carly had or not. So I, we're going to get into all of it. But um so, Rebecca, first impressions. Okay, so I had never seen this movie, and I, it, I don't know why. This is a blind spot, you know, late 80s, uh, teenager movie. Like, it it just, I don't know why I missed it. And that was why I said, I think Lacey had mentioned something about Teen Witch, and I'm like, oh, we should do that. And then you were like, okay, let's do that, and then we'll do Witches or whatever. Um, I absolutely fucking adored this movie. Um I was a little nervous whenever it started because, like, the intro or the, the opening credits kind of took way too long. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're already trying to pad out this movie or whatever. But, like, as it went through, it, I, I felt I liked it as much as kind of that fish-out-of-water movie, like a, a um, like Once Bitten or Can't Buy Me Love or, you know, like any of those things where somebody, like, kind of does the big turnaround. Um it was just cute as hell. So uh, the only notes that I made really were um, they cast a Dick Sargent as the dad, which, you know, he was Darren and Bewitched, which I thought was absolutely adorable. Um, well, he was there, the second Darren in Bewitched. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they were pretty much interchangeable. And then her teacher that she loved was, uh, I can't think of her real name, Marsha something, but she was, she's like Mrs. Crab Apple on the Simpsons and everything. I mean, she's been on everything. She was in like every 60s show. Like I thought that was cute. And then they had Zelda from Poltergeist. So I, those little, those little cameos sort of were very cute. Um, and then the teacher was like low rent, Mr. Hand. Uh, he was just such a, eh, you know, you knew he was going to get his comeuppance. This movie is the most predictable fucking thing you've ever fucking seen. It is just pure 80s bubblegum. It's cute. She's uh, an adorable character. You can even see in the beginning that they really have to try to make her look frontal. Although some of those outfits do a really good job. Um, and then we, you know, and then we have the morality part of it, you know, at the end where it's like, oh, but is it really love if, you know, you have to make him love you? And, you know, that, that whole, just the reality of it, of I want somebody to like me for me and not for this persona. It also reminded me of another movie that I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but it was like a wonderful world of Disney movie about the same time called student exchange where this, this girl and this guy were like, you know, they were invisible at school. And then there were like two exchange students who were supposed to come to school and then they ended up not coming. And somehow the girl like intercepted this information and they posed as these two um, exchange students became like, you know, the most popular kids in school and, and whatnot. So like anything like that, I love, I love that she at the end, you know, she gets what she wants. Um, sometimes you just need that, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, this this was a fun one. Um, yeah, I'm really glad we picked this one. 
And I will definitely be Dan, watching it again. Dan said, because um, I was like, Rebecca has never seen this. He's like, you're fucking kidding me. I was like, no. I was like, do you think she'll like it? He's like, if she doesn't fucking love this movie, I don't know Rebecca at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was surprised she had never seen it. I, you know, I was too. And um, you know what? Every once in a while, I do come up with like, a, I do find a movie that is like this, like a hidden gem that I was just like, oh my fucking God, how did I never see this? You know, and this is probably maybe the second one I've had this year. So thank you, Lacey. I appreciate it greatly. Yeah, what about you, Carly? Had you seen Teen Witch before? Um, no. And, um, yeah, this is where I'm going to... Uh, it seems like Rebecca's been the uh, the miserable prick on this episode. But uh, I'm going to be it this time. Um, I really didn't care for this movie too no! much. No! I'm sorry! No, you're dead to me! You're Lacey, fucking dead to me! Lacey, what, you had, you had three dudes just randomly walking around and rapping with a boombox come on <laughs> it was just a little too goofy it, i don't know and then when those cheerleaders are in the locker room and they're like we came up with a new cheer and then they break into this fucking like there, cheer dance number I'm there just was like, a oh. lot of choreography like a lot of spontaneous Easy choreography <laughs> that uh, yeah see i don't yeah i've never been a fan of like musical dancey singy like hokey stuff like that um so yeah, I kind of just struggled with this one a little bit. I had to watch it on half speed. Um, it was just, uh, it, even looking at the cover of the movie, like leading up to doing this episode, I was kind of dreading it. I was like, I just feel like I'm not going to like this. So I kind of went into it thinking that, but I do go in open-minded, but it, it was just, I don't know. It was too cheesy for me. There were some po parts that I did enjoy. Like I, I like when she does put on like that out that hideous outfit her mom bought her to go out and she's like, what do you think? And it, it just looks horrible. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Zelda Rubenstein, she's always a delight to have in a movie. Uh, it, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was a little too much. It didn't, it just did not do it for me and I feel bad and I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you hey, it, it's okay, Carly. It's okay. And then right after we watched this movie or we picked it, like a day and a half later or whatever, Robin Lively shows up at a fucking football game with Taylor Swift. And then the internet's all like, fuck Taylor Swift, fuck Ryan Reynolds, Teen Witch is at the thing. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, like I totally wouldn't have picked that out. Like had I not watched it like the day before all that came out. <laughs> well, you know, uh, her sister is Blake Lively. So yeah. no, and like, I love this movie and it's not just because people tell me I look like her. Which you, um, you do, like, whenever you put, like, we were all po posting pictures of who, girl. who do you, uh, who do people tell you look like this was one of them? And I didn't know who she was at the time. And I was like, you look like that, that redhead. And you do, like, I mean, watching this, like, you guys have a, a, some of the same mannerisms and things, too. Yeah, I wonder if that's because I've seen this movie, like, a thousand fucking times. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like, I, I don't know. Like, I've always loved this movie. Like, I would reenact it as well. It's just, it's it's one of those movies for me. I think we all have those, right? Like, were there oh, any yeah. movies that you guys reenacted scenes from when you were growing up? I didn't maybe reenact so much, but, I mean, I remember just being so enamored by Amanda Peterson's character in Can't Buy Me Love that my cousin and I, like, we would always make our own Barbie clothes, and we, like, made basically her entire wardrobe for our Barbies, 
Nice. Well, I used to play like uh, grod cells with my Barbies, but like they would be like actors from movies. So I yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like we'd have like here, come buy my grod cells clothes from like the Barbies would go to like grod cells. I'm fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very Midwestern, is what it is. <laughs> like why am why am I making my Barbies go to grod cells? To go, uh, I'm gonna buy this one. Okay, here's the money. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I'm fucking weird. I guess. <laughs> what about <laughs> what about you, Carly? Is there any movies that you reenacted or scenes? Uh, reen. I don't think I really reenacted any. There's definitely movies that probably inspired me to do things, but I can't think of what they were. But like actual reenactment, I don't think I really did that. But I did play pretend a lot. But, yeah, I, w- I would have to think. Like, the opening of this movie, like, to where, like, she, they're, like, dancing. Dan was, like, we should, like, reenact this. No, I was, no. like, you want to go stand on top of a building and reenact this dance? <laughs> but uh, when I was little, like, when she falls, like, like, I would do the whole thing. Like, I would, like, do the side looks like she does. And, like, it was so extra. But then I would, like, stand on my bed and, like, act like I was falling like she does. It was pretty fucking extra. It was pretty fucking extra, you guys. Um, Yeah, I like all of the horror movie references in this. Like, it was funny because, like, this was a first-time watch for Dan as well. And when they first, when she first comes outside and she's meeting her friend and the bitch comes walking out of her house, he's like, this feels like a Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, because of the, like, the dream, the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it has Mm kind of, like, that uh, dream-like sequence almost or feel. Um... And that movie does actually get referenced in this because she goes, it's like a nightmare on, um, what what does she say? It's like a nightmare on, why can I not think of the line right now? Um, and then like Revenge of the Cheerleaders and then there's a Friday the 13th reference as well. Um, but yeah, so like there's a lot of like horror movie references in this. Um, so I think that's fun. The movie actually like has like some like dark dialogue like when they're talking about the chick's alky mother, <laughs> like when she does the truth serum. Um, and then when he hit, like when he looks like he's about to get some head while driving some roadhead. <laughs> oh and yeah. He hits her with, and he hits her with the fucking bike or, I mean, when she's riding on her bike and he hits her or, well, he doesn't actually hit her, but it causes her to go off the road. And he was like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, it was just a failed suicide attempt. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I like that. And like the fucking teacher's such a cuck, and like he would be fired if he like went through her fucking purse and like pointed out her contraceptives. And he's like, oh, just oh, all in their place. Just thinking about it, Miss Miller. Hmm. Like I don't know. Um, did you guys know that the little brother is actually um, uh, Joshua Miller? His brother is. Jason Patrick, who was in Lost Boys, and he was also in um, the little boy, the brother in this was also in Near Dark, and he actually wrote uh, The Final Girls. So oh. the little brother Richie wrote Final Girls. He looked he looked familiar. I forgot to look him up, but that makes sense. Near Dark. And it's yeah. interesting that he wrote that. Like, that's cool, right? Yeah. Because he's such a little bastard in this movie. He goes... So annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, reading yeah. her diary. 
Um, I love how re- re- I love diary reading in movies. Like that was such a classic thing back then. Like oh, you read my diary. Now we just post all our drama on Facebook for everyone to see. Do you think people still write in diaries? Uh, I'm sure somebody does, but like, why do people? Why did like girls think that was like a good idea to do to like write out their thoughts? And like, in in grotesque detail, like right. some of the shit she's writing was way like ooh Harlequin romance, gross. I did yeah. when I was that is something I like because of watching movies when I was a little kid. I did write in diaries just to be like I'm gonna be like in the movies. I think I kind of did the same thing too. Like I never kept a journal like for real. I think I just thought that's what people did. Yeah, and mine wouldn't be like, oh, Chad is so hot. It would just be like, I was bored today at school. December <laughs> 3rd, 2003. And that would be it. <laughs> I should read some, like, I have my old diaries, and they're fucking hilarious. I know there's one where I was like, um, my mom grounded me again. She's such a B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> like, but it was, yeah. like, spelled out all fucking and then I, I would be like Nikki was mean to me again today I asked her to play a game and she didn't want to play <laughs> <laughs> literally that's and not. then and then I I did do the boyfriend thing where or like I had a crush I'm like I like one day like I'd be like oh I love Chris so much and then like two days later I love Cody so much <laughs> <laughs> It was like it was like a different guy in each entry. <laughs> like I, I was definitely boy crazy growing up. <laughs> like, no. Um, yeah. We haven't uh, gotten that impression at all, Lacey. <laughs> but, but I would also do movie reviews when I was younger too, because I remember specifically like um they took me to go see The Water Boy, which ironically starred uh Farouza Bo- Yeah. <laughs> and um I was like why would they take me to this movie? It's terrible. Like, but like, I've grown to like The Water Boy now because it's fucking stupid, but it's like not my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I love Adam Sandler, but that's like one of not my top. But I was so pissed that that was the movie that they took me to go see. And then I remember doing a review for Halloween H2O and I was so pissed off that they killed Michael. Like, I appreciate it now. Like, it's like my definitive end of the franchise, but I was so mad in my diary I wrote about it. <laughs> Like, I was like, they chopped off Michael's fucking head. How stupid is that? Now there's not going to be any more Halloween movies. Wow, you <laughs> called that one incredibly wrong, right? Yeah, little did you know. Yeah. <laughs> the like, franchise I would that won't be, stop. <laughs> but it's, but no, it's ironic now because, like, I was mad because I didn't want them to make any more. And now that I'm older, like, I appreciate the ending of that. And I'm like, they should have stopped there. But I, I'll, I'm, I'm a franchise lover, so I will always, like support like franchise sequels just because like it's just it's just a fail for me but yeah but that was me being extra in my diary so (laughs) um all right so do you guys think that uh brad and louise fucked i don't know i mean like they're like stripping together, taking off shoes. Like I feel like it's insinu- insinuated because, like, when they go or when she goes to Zelda, she's like, "He took the long way, and then he kissed you." What the fuck is the long way? Like, like that line has always like 
made me think that they fucked. And it was like he was really tonguing her. <laughs> like he was tonguing her hard. Like, yeah, and you know, you know the other girl was like putting out, you know, the the right. first girlfriend. So yeah, is that the expectation or expectation? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, I love like the stereotypical nerdy dude in this that like she sets her up with the cousin David or whatever, and like yeah. he's like, "You want some weed?" <laughs> And then he's like, I can drive through the fog with a hard on. Like, there's, like, moments in this movie that, like, you wouldn't expect for sure. Um, and then she's just like, I wish you would disappear. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and when she turns the little brother into the dog and fucking she, like, why is there already a pre-made bath? Like. Bubble <laughs> bath another- is that, right? Right. Nobody else is home. It's just the two of them, right? And she just got home. Right. So she wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Like, And and the fact that she didn't even know that that was going to do anything. She just, like, did it. Right. She's like, oh, water did it. Water works. And it's like, okay, that's plot convenience all the way around. But hey, whatever. We're watching Teen Witch. I'll take plot convenience. Well, when she throws him in the water and he comes back up and, like, the way that he pants, like, he's a dog. He was a dog for, like, two minutes. Like, and the yeah, dog wasn't even down, pants. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Um, but I like all the dance sequences. And I like when she goes to, like, the concert. And um, I thought it was clever because, like, Dan was like, why... He was like, why are they just outside with, like, signs with her name on them, you know? And... <laughs> Um, I was like, well, because they use the spell of uh, iconic pop singer Shauna. Like, obviously, she doesn't exist, but like, um, that's what people would do to celebrities, right? Like, hold up signs for them, so like, it makes sense, right? I thought it. Yeah. So I yeah. That. Yeah, it was supposed uh, to be that they were under her, under her quote unquote spell. I mean, quite literally, her spell. So yeah, then it's like that whole thing of like, you got what you wanted. They always have to, like, really over-illustrate that in movies. You got what you wanted, and now, look, you don't want it, do you? You kind of wish things were back to the way that they were, you know? They have to right. just and really like, strong-arm it. And, like, she's such an amateur witch that, like, anything she says is taking literal. So, like, when she tells the girl, break a leg, Kiki, break oh, a leg. And, like, she trips. Yeah. Over there a ladder. Some, there are like, some good moments. How would that break your leg, though? <laughs> like, she just literally fell backwards. You'd have to have that, like, brittle bone disease or some shit. <laughs> it's broken. And then, like, you see her in, like, the next scene, and, like, her leg is clearly not broken. Like, they could have at least, like, put her in a cast or something. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah budget, I'm a, I'm a, you know. Yeah, it's a seed witch. Right, like, just put on some crutches and a dress and you, I don't know. But, um, I don't know, I, I like the, in Zelda Rubenstein, like, she's, like, she's like a scammer, which, um, <laughs> because she's like, you're not a mark, you're one of us, like, right. so, yeah. like, everybody else is a mark, <laughs> like, um, no, she's great, though, like, I love their banter, and I think, um, you know, Robin Lively, who played Louise, is, she had that sweet factor and like she didn't want to cause people harm. She just wanted to be noticed and 
Um, I was always confused by like her clothing choice in this movie because like when at the beginning when she's like where she's wearing those long jackets a lot and uh, the dude goes, hey, pretty big. Are you sure you go to high school? Like I thought like she looked older because of the fucking clothes she wore. And then when Zelda's like people treat you like a little girl. Like, so, like, obviously, like, they were meaning she was younger, but I thought she looked fucking older when she was wearing those clothes. I thought whenever he had that, that was my impression whenever she was wearing, like, the boxy crap thing. Are you sure you go to high school? Like, I thought he was meaning, like, you look like you're ancient. Right. Um, Yeah. I didn't take it as he thought she looked younger. I think it's just like she looked like she was older. And I love it when dad is like, she sits down at the table. He's like, oh, you look so pretty. And she's like, I know your favorite color. And it's like this bland tan color. (laughs) 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 What I don't get too is like, okay, when she goes to the dance with David, I mean, she's dressed like a fashion reject shirt. But then she goes to the bathroom. She has all the stuff. To make herself look cool. Why wouldn't she just do that every day at school? Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... Well, because, like, obviously, like, she started getting confidence at a certain point, like, that she didn't have before. Yeah, well, where, um, should, where would she have gotten, like, that crazy tutu and the bright pink makeup? She didn't have a job or anything, right? Like... Like, how did she, like, it, it's, that is one of my things, like, almost like a pet peeve in 80s movies, but, like, it's just accepted that, like, these teenagers somehow have, they have, like, an, I don't know, an unlimited amount of cash where they can always make themselves different. It, it cracks me up. But, yeah, there would be no way she'd just be able to go buy the trendiest clothes without having some serious cash. But, hey, who knows? I don't know. I personally love the music in this movie. I know Carly didn't like it, but like top that is fucking iconic. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, the the we like boys (laughs) cheer was so stupid, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know, but I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Like going, yeah, we like boys. Like, sure. Fine. Like it's all super cheesy. And even those guys, the rapper dudes always coming through like, <laughs> they they are bad. They are really bad. But it just it works. And his it's name is Rod. Rod, yeah. First guy's name is Rod. And no, you can't the sex education class. Oh god. Condom. condom. Like they're just fucking with the teacher. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> like and she goes, Spark Sparky the sperm. It means end of the egg. Like, and the, like somebody was like, go Edna. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just love like little moments like that. But um, yeah, um, my favorite song, though, comes at the end. My finest hour like that is like on my playlist. Not shamelessly at all. And, yeah, and that um, works. I, it, it, it works very well with the movie itself, yeah. even though it is still a little cheesy. It's like. You know, we've been rooting for her the whole time. We don't want her to be a total, like, bitch. So, yeah, let's let's turn her around and have her finest yeah. hour. Like, all she did to, like, she helped out, like, Miss Malloy, like, fucking get um, Armando and win the lottery. All she did for her bucket hat wearing friend was let her perform a rap. Like, that's all the help that yeah. she did for her. Yeah, 
I mean, but she opened the door for her and it's like, okay, you have to do the rest, you know, because she kind of, she helped out Zelda sort of, you know, um, she didn't really help her out, but she, yeah, like, you know, they brought out that potion and shit. But yeah, like oh, yeah. her friend just didn't didn't go anywhere with it. Like I can't make it well, all he happen. He did dance abroad at the end. Like he's trying to teach her to dance. Yeah, yeah. But like the point of the movie is that like the true power comes from within, and like I don't know. Like I another scene that I recreated and danced a lot to in my bedroom as a kid was I would wear a necklace and then I would I'm taking my power and I'm going to be the most popular girl on my uh, own terms. I would throw the necklace and I'd be so extra about it. And I don't know, like, but it's like a heartfelt moment for me. Like I get a little teary eyed every time I see it because <laughs> I'm extra. And uh, I don't know. I just love it. I love it. I don't. Yeah, what did you think of the ending, Carly? Did you like the ending at least? Yeah, it's a happy. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a happy end. There are moments in the movie, like one talking about it that I did like and think we're funny and quirky and stuff like i said it was just a little too i guess a little too much for me like a little too much with the wackiness and the 80s cheese and stuff but there are little little tidbits i like like i did like the sex education part and um (laughs) what else the rapper like the rappers like was a little extra but it was um you know it was i got distracted by rob and rebecca's thing there Sorry, he was he was warning me that the mowing crew of our neighbors getting ready to start up. So if you guys hear not the mowing crew, oh my god! So oh, we're almost done here. Is it a whole squad um, of? You made it sound like it was this huge like squad of mowers. I, I don't. I think they just have really shitty mowers because it does mm. sound like there are twenty of them out there. But then you look <laughs> out there and there's just like two because I I think they just don't maintain right. their equipment quite well so nice <laughs> but yeah this movie um, just wasn't for me but it was i mean is what it did is did you like when richie like kicked her voodoo doll down and the dude just falls down the stairs oh i did <laughs> like that i do like it when the teacher is like she's making the teacher strip instead of her doing yeah. something really like mean or whatever it's just something like really embarrassing like i i liked that like she still maintained her goodness to a certain extent like she never became like super bitch Evil. or anything yeah. yeah she never yeah she never went bad yeah like she abuses like, her it's not no it's not even that she's abusing her power she just doesn't know what she's really doing so it's like you know she's just doing like silly things that i would probably do to people and then it gets out of hand so she's really young and she doesn't understand like being popular and you know which is the dumbest right. thing i had that was such a thing in the 80s if yeah. movie if you listen to movies but like the whole popularity thing or whatever like she's just like misguided in what she's doing she's not doing anything maliciously right like even when she tells the one guy to just disappear she doesn't mean to make him disappear i do like that she never really cares um and no one even questions it like the Brad even, you know, just said, oh, sorry, I sent you with him. And she's like, oh, don't worry. He just, you know, I told him to disappear and I haven't heard from him since. And the guy's like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. whatever. My cousin's missing. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys want to rate this bitch? Yep. All right. Sour Sally Carly. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, well, you know me. My enjoyability was not too strong on this. But, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it did it. Like, it was hit or miss for me, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because some stuff landed, some stuff didn't. But uh, overall, I would never go back to it. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. Rebecca? I am going to give it a 4 out of 5. And I think if I watch this again, I think it would even go higher. Yes, that's what I love to hear. Like, at least you liked it, Rebecca. Fuck you, Carly. Stupid bitch. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> no, I just had to bring that back. I really don't think you're a stupid bitch. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, no, this is obviously a five for me because it's very, like, I'm high on nostalgia and I'm not afraid to admit that. Movie's fucking amazing. I like boys. Um, I think it's hilarious when that bitch, blonde bitch, tries to dance with them and she's just, like, off in the corner doing her own thing. I don't know. Um, the movie, like I said, it makes me tear up when she takes back her power. Oh, one more thing. Uh, the guy, the Brad, he actually played a villain twice. If you thought you might have recognized him, he was actually the villain in Son-in-Law, who was Tiffany Amber Thiessen was also in that. But he also played a villain in um, Say by the Bell, Hawaiian style, when they go to Hawaii. Yeah. So he played hmm. two movies with, yeah. Um, so I, I just think that's kind of... He, he must have been fucking Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly Kapowski. But, yeah, anyways, uh, this movie's a fucking vibe for me. I love it. Um, and I think Brad was kind of a fox, so there's that. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, I agree. He was well, a well, uh, Fine, you're no longer dead to me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, make this movie a five now, because that guy was hot. <laughs> just kidding. No, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to leave it with that. But, yeah, so... Um, for our next episode, uh, obviously it's going to be November, so listener's choice. I'm not sure what the poll said. Um, we're either doing 80s movies or Twilight Zone episodes, so I'm going to repost that poll and figure out what the fuck we're doing. Um, until next time, everyone, I'm Lucy Liu. With me is Rebecca and Carly. We shall see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>